Hello, and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast, everybody. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together, hopefully once a month, and we talk horror films. That's correct. Yes, so hello everybody out there in Ghoul Squad land. Uh, This is a very exciting episode. It's our top 10 of 2018. Finally. Yes, that we're very excited about. And hopefully we get it out on time. Hopefully it's the middle of January or so. Right. But uh, I feel like we're doing a good job here. Um, I stressed so much over this fucking list. Oh, I know. Uh, but fuck it. We've got to record this fucking episode. Do you feel like this is like the most prepared we've tried to be for a top 10 like ever? Because we did top 10 in 2017 last year, but I was like real confident in my list. Uh, but I feel like that was easier. This year has been a little rougher for me. Uh, I would say that, uh, again, there was a bunch of good shit. Yeah. But I really didn't take the time to like rewatch shit. Just at the start of the year, last year, I just started keeping track. Yeah. Of and I thought that would make it easier, but it didn't. It made it worse. It may have. Nice. Um, whereas I think last year, since I didn't just have a list made out for me, I was forced to rewatch films. Right. Whereas this time I was just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, well, I feel like my top five, we're, we're going to get to it, but I feel like my top five is like super rock solid all year. Like I kind of knew like these are the best movies of the year. These are my favorites of the year. And then I kind of just did the back five, like what other shit was good this year? Mm-hmm. Where like, in, I feel like last year I had like 10 rock solid, easy 10. And I don't know what that says about this year. Do you think it was better than last year? I feel like it was another good year. I did too, yeah. I feel like last year might have been better, but maybe we'll get to that. I don't know. Right. So, Eric, hello. How are you? Uh, trying to recuperate from a cold. Same here. What about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, trying to recuperate from a cold. I think I'm, I think I'm better. How does my voice sound? No, like shit normally? Like normal. Yeah. yeah. You too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. How was your Christmas? It was good. What about yours? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I spent time with the family. You did a shoulder shrug. I you, went, you went, eh. eh. I, I think when, you, when you're almost 30... Uh, <laughs> Christmas is not near as fun. I don't have bad holidays. You don't have bad holidays? I don't have bad holidays. Nice. You want to explain that? Uh, no, not particularly. It's just, <laughs> okay. I, I just, nothing bad ever occurs or, I don't know, just, I guess, I guess I just always enjoy being like with my family and there's that excitement and the buildup for whatever the holiday is. I don't have bad holidays. Did you get anything cool for Christmas? I got a new skateboard. Ooh. Or a new deck. What kind of skateboard did you uh, get? A creature. And then I got some toys that I posted on my Instagram. Can you explain the graphic to us? Uh, yeah, it's in a little. Detail? It's a little Frankenstein holding a uh, like a trick or treat, uh, like candy. A bag? <laughs> no, not a bag. A bucket. A bucket. Ooh, there got you it. go. On a skateboard. And nice. I was, and I was like, "Well, this is E Dog right here." I was gonna I, say. I always pick out my own gifts, right? So maybe that's why they're good because I it, I get what I want. <laughs> I do. I do that as well. Uh, I like how you're staying on brand with the. Uh, with the board there. Yes, You're of doing course. the e-dog board. Uh, Keegan, what did you get for Christmas? Oh, uh, so get? good. Thank you for asking. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I got a bunch of frames. So like instead of asking for like cool shit from my like family, my uh, from my parents, my brother, actually, I just said, can you get me these frames? Uh, which is like I feel for like. posters? Yeah, for okay. my Mondo prints. And I finally put them up today. So that's exciting. 
Uh, they're kind of expensive frames, so I got What did those. you do for New Year's? New Year's? What did I do? I assume you went out and drank. I hung out with some friends. I didn't go out. I went and hung out at a buddy's house, Josh Fisher. He doesn't listen. Hello. Okay. How's it going? Okay. I hung out with uh, my brother, Ben, Sabra, and uh, Wes. Hello. Uh, we just hung out, played games and, and stuff. Eric, what did you do for New Year's? I was in bed by 1030. Nice. That is E-Dog for you. Did you watch anything on New Year's? I had this big fucking plan of... This big what plan? I had this big fucking plan okay. of a triple feature. Uh, there was three films. Okay, I, had a, I picked out nine films. Okay. Three I wish to revisit. Three I hadn't seen. And then three I wasn't planning on including in my list. Uh, and so I thought, well, I need to revisit those to see, do I want to include them all in my list? So here's where it gets wacky. Okay, I'm I ready. O- I was only going to watch three of them. Brace yourselves, folks. I wrote... I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> I wrote them on a piece of paper. Okay. I Physically. Cut, phys- right. Cut out each name so that it had, so each title had its own piece of paper, uh, folded them, put them in a bowl, and randomly picked which three I was going to watch. I didn't even finish the first one because <laughs> I was asleep by 10 fucking 30. Nice. Yes. Uh, what was the first one? Tell us the movies, then we'll move on from this. Uh, I can't remember oh, good. the nine that I picked, but I will be discussing one of them. Awesome. Which was funny because the one I... Okay, so I started and then finished it the next day. You're I was riding like, around. I was like, okay, this is going to be on the list. Okay, what about uh, Joe Bob? Did you watch Joe Bob for Christmas? Uh, for Christmas, yeah. I put in a real good effort, too. Nice. Uh, I How was it? Um so I was upset that they weren't Christmas movies because okay. he did the Phantasm uh, series. Um, I was super down for one, watched one. It was fun because uh, I was with Melissa and she had never seen oh, yeah. the Phantasm movies. So I was like, the first Phantasm is like next level shit. Yes. The sequels are good, but I, was, I think the first one's like next level shit. So I was like, you're in for a treat. Um, and then what was exciting was like, I, I had, I, I'd put forth the effort to stay awake. Uh, right. I, I bought like, just bullshit food that I was going to eat. Um, I was going to wrap presents. Um, I had a plan that I was going to make it through. Um, a Joe Bob Christmas. Right. And then we get the curveball, the second curveball of them not being uh, Christmas films. Yep. The second one being Shudder doesn't have the rights to part two. Oh, shit. So they just went to part three. And that, like, bummed me out. I really, really like part, part two. two. Yep. And that just kind of, like, broke my flow. Um, but I watched one three and four and then i fell asleep during five that's a lot Dom. yeah well damn i mean i was like bullshitting <laughs> okay like the entire time like yeah, wrapping presents you're just fucking right along um but then i woke up as part five was ending and he had this really fun like parody song of uh, you know it's 12 days of christmas yeah but instead it was 12 days of christmas uh the tall man gave to me. Okay. And he had, you know, like one for each fucking day, but they were all phantasm references. Right. And uh, that was fun. I'm glad I like stayed up for that. By that time, Melissa had already gone to bed and I, and I was like, I was like, you're missing out. You need to be seeing this, but you fell asleep. So, uh, I fell asleep through five. Okay. And then I woke up for 12 days of phantasm. Right. Well, that's which, awesome. Which, uh, kind of made, uh, Made the marathon for me. Joe Bob was in like a Santa suit and shit when he did it. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Like I need to get involved in the Joe Bob shit. Yeah. I just haven't yet. You know what I was devastated about? I need to start a letterbox and I need to get involved in Joe Bob. I, I wish you would do letterbox stuff. Um, I will. I, I used to do letterbox, but what stressed me out about letterbox. Yeah, we're, we're still like 
honor each other's friends list or whatever. Yeah, what stressed you out what, about uh, was giving each one a star rating because uh-huh. I took it too seriously. Uh-huh. So it would stress me out. Like having every fucking movie I watch, I had to put a star rating, and I take that kind of seriously. So like it stressed me out. I just like how I like to post what on my Twitter, right? Uh, what I've last watched, and it seems like most times it's just super controversial to Dana, and he always shits talks <laughs> me about the ratings I uh, I picked that you picked. Yeah, nice. so so. I, give you I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I get stressed, but I, I get shit talked for it every single time I post about it. Shout out to Dana. Yep. And uh, Shane Saw's on there. Are you friends with him? Oh, yeah. We uh, follow each other. Uh, he's been yelling at me to watch uh, uh, Haunting of uh, Hill House yes. on Netflix. And I haven't yet, Shane. I will. I promised after this episode I would. It's very good. Uh, I did watch something else, but we'll get to that when we get to what we've been watching. But you think that's it for this this opening part of the, the podcast? I suppose. Here? Okay. What do you think it's time for then? I think it's time for what we've been watching. Oh, wow. This may be the quickest what we've been watching ever. Here's the thing. We have a lot of fucking movies to talk about today, and I'm excited to talk about them. That was one thing I wanted to say was like, I feel like us waiting a little longer than we should to do each episode like gets me so amped to record. Like, I'm really excited to talk to you about all these movies today because I have so much shit I watched. Okay. Um, oh, okay, good. I'm glad you're excited, too. Uh, <laughs> and now it's time for what we've been watching. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I'm going to open up a tall can uh, Dr. Pepper right now. Hopefully the mic gets this. And now for the ah. After I drink it. <laughs> Delicious things to eat. <sighs> okay. Let's and with it. that, I think it's time now, finally, uh, for us to do what we're watching. <laughs> Leave those burps and die. I, I will. I will. Uh, Eric, uh, so I asked Eric, can we talk this movie first? So we're going to. Yes. Uh, it's it's a sizable film. Yeah, it's been. I, I guess people have already forgotten about it by now. Probably. But it made a splash. Yes. Uh, this is Bird Box. So hello, everyone out there, Ghoul Squad Land. We're going to talk Bird Box because it's a I'm big I'm going to stop you right now. Oh, good. Is it a horror movie? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. If, if A Quiet Place is a horror movie, so is Bird Box. Okay. Um, where should we start? Do we even want to explain what it is? It's kind of pointless. Fuck it, duh. Fuck it, duh. Okay. Fuck it, duh. Uh, you know, Bird Box, this movie about Sandra Bullock, uh, blah, 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 blah. Fucking, they put blindfolds on because there's goddamn monsters out there that might fucking see you, so they can't look at them. If you see them, you go fucking nuts and you want to kill yourself. Birdbox.com. Perfect. Okay, so, Eric. Yes. What did you think about Bird Box? You know, I, it, it was my mom who wanted to watch it. Okay. She, That's she, how, like, widespread Bird Box is. Right. Like, she saw the commercial. Right. And she was like, hey... There's this new Sandra Bullock movie. Sandy O. You know, ain't nobody want to pay no $15 for a Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> unless unless you're naked. naked. Yes. Um, Shout out to Scream 2. Correct. Omar Epps is who we're quoting there. Yes. Not Omar Epps. Is it Omar Epps? I don't know, Eric. You're the one that said the name. Yes, it's Omar Epps. Okay, okay good. Um, so you're watching Bird Box with your mom. She, she suggested she was, to She you. was my motivation, right. And exactly what you just said. Like, that's how... 
wide-reaching uh, bird boxes. And, and what did you think? I thought it was fine. Like, I don't give a fuck. It was fine for two hours. Yeah. But, like, I'm never going to fuck. I, would, I wouldn't even thought of, like, let's talk bird box unless what we're doing right now because you had suggested it. <laughs> that was my response. Tom. Yeah. So um, I felt like we had to talk it because it's kind of a big genre film. And that's what we do here, at least as far as I know. And uh, did I like Bird Box? Thanks for asking, Eric. Uh, yes. Keegan uh, basically just does this one-sided. Yes, I did this all by myself. Yes. Uh, I'm, out, I'm out here alone, folks. So, yeah, I actually kind of liked Bird okay. Box. But um, I don't think it's really good. I think that um, – so the film kind of has two timelines. One is sort of post all this shit, and one is, like, while it's happening. Right. So there's a lot with, like, Sandra Bullock and this group of people in this house where they're, like, sort of trying to figure out what to do in this apocalypse. She's still pregnant. All these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought all of that was terrible. Um, okay. When I say terrible, I don't actually mean it was, like, the worst thing ever. But I feel like that all felt like a TV show. That all felt – it was shot really dumb. It was just, like, shot reverse shot, people talking. Uh, it felt like a bad sci-fi television show. I almost kind of feel like the the movies that Netflix – I mean, was this, like, produced by Netflix? Yes. Yes. I almost kind of feel like these films – it's, like, Netflix films. They have, like, a caliber that, like, makes sense why they're on the streaming service instead yeah. of in a theater. Yeah. And I kind of feel like Bird Box is a perfect example of this. I, I agree, but then you see stuff like Hold the Dark or um... – What's the other one? The the other Apostle and Apostle. I feel the like comes for us. Those are like legit films. I agree with you. Made. Like as I was saying that, I was thinking those films, and I was like, well, yeah, Bird Box. But some of their bigger, I think maybe more a better way to explain is like big. Their bigger films that they like, they act like are really big. Uh-huh. Those films are kind of subpar. Right. And I, I I agree. I felt like there was no commercials, at least to my knowledge, for Apostle. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of my main critique. I really felt like all the stuff at the house with the characters felt like TV. It felt like characters having drama between each other, sort of soapy, sort of just kind of... I was bored by it. I thought it was eh. But the part of the movie I really liked was her with the kids sort of act after the fact, like trying to navigate through the, river. the world and the river and all that stuff. I thought all that worked really well. I thought it was immersive at times. I was on the edge of my seat during some of those scenes. But a lot of the... The other half of the film, I was, I thought was just okay. And everybody's talking about it. And it's like, guys, like this is shot like TV. It looks like TV. It feels like TV. I know that Sandra Bullock sitting right there, but other than that, it felt like a TV show and not in a good way. E dog's complaint. <clears throat> Let's hear it. E dog's a monster kid. You know, I want to see that shit. Yeah. And of course, we don't see that shit. But are are you, you one of the less is more type of people? I mean, not me. If a film, give me full on the thing. If a film doesn't want to show the monsters and they can make a movie good around that, mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, I do want to see the monsters, but it's not. I mean, if I'm not seen, surprised. If that, we had seen the monsters, I'd be I'd be sitting here right now and be like, Yeah, I can't talk about Bird Box right now because I'm going to be talking about it later because it's on my list. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that you would need to see the monsters. That's uh, right. Yeah. So uh, you're the one that doesn't like Godzilla 2014. I mean, it takes him a fucking hour to show up. And he's awesome when he does. I mean, I like that movie, but yeah, let's let's pick it up. Okay, so last... Which clearly, that's what we're going to get with yes. King of the Monsters, right? Is that what it's Hype. called? Yes, it is. It's like uh, five months from now? Yes. Okay, so uh, Bird Box. Yeah, I feel like this is the worst fucking review of the, on the podcast. It's about Bird Box. Of all time. Um, 
so I just wanted to say I did like the emotional gut punch ending. I, it did kind of get to me a little bit when she. I like Trevante Rhodes a lot. Uh, I like him as well. I thought he was good from Moonlight, right? Correct. The um, Predator. I guess I won't spoil what happens, but I liked the metaphor that the film was going for, uh, sort of her accepting her kids. How about that? Uh, I liked that. Um, uh, that when, stuff worked for me. It just, I feel like the film itself is not very good. When it was over, I uh, Wikipedia'd. Uh, Wikipedia'd. How do you how do you make that into a verb? I don't know, Doc. Uh, I looked up Travante Rhodes on Wikipedia, and uh, we were taking wagers. My mother, Melissa, and I. How old do you think Travante Rhodes is? Care to guess, Doc? Twenty-eight. Damn! Did you already know this? Nope. He's twenty-eight. We, nice! Uh, I got we, it. We were all like, "Oh, forty-five, probably." No, nope, I, that he, motherfucker is twenty-eight years old. That's he, wild. He looked twenty-eight to me, which is even crazier because Sandra Bullock is fucking fifty. Yes. And they were fucking. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and, and, and that's my review for that, Bird Box. Yeah. And they, they were, were fucking. fucking. So uh, that was Bird Box. Uh, I had notes and everything, but I don't give a fuck. I did like uh, Trent Reznor's uh, score for the film. I, I thought it was really it. good. I thought it was really good. Oh, cool. Uh, movie itself, not very good. Uh, this is the worst review of all time, so I'm going to leave it there. Eric, uh, you talk about something. You get excited about something for 10 minutes. Okay. Um do you, do you, is there any other big shit you want to talk together? Nope. So we're just going to dive into, I, what, what what I don't think watching. we have anything else to talk. Yeah. Uh, cause we both missed, uh, kind of not our fault though. No. Uh, escape room. Cause it didn't fucking come to Carl's. Back. Yeah. We didn't get escape room. So and I bummed sucked. how people are like, it's okay. Yeah. It, I think it's directed by Adam Robitel, right? I get it's passable January horror. Right. My director's good. How excited am I for uh happy death day to, to you? you? I'm yeah. excited as well fucking pumped that's like the next movie i'm excited for it's like a month from now like everything else it's, coming out in the uh, next month sucks. is it valentine's day yeah the 14th fuck yeah but valentine's day is a thursday it's still cool though i'm excited maybe i'm tripping i'm on drugs i'm all fucked up okay eric mm-hmm. uh what have you been watching oh, okay i i watched leprechaun returns yay and i've never fucking seen a leprechaun film <laughs> i feel like you talked this on the last pod is did that I? Not? I feel like you did uh-oh either way talk it Leprechaun Returns, yeah. I liked it so much. It's from one of the dudes who did The Void. Okay. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, aren't they part of Astron 6? I think so. Um, the guys that did the editor and... Father's Day. Father's Day, yeah. I love Father's Day. Um, I feel like I haven't heard anything from those guys, though. Um, it's I guess they're like branching off to do their own things now, maybe? That's fucking sick. I have no idea. Um, I liked it so I much. I this was really good. Uh, that's awesome, especially because it's just like it's just a fucking sci-fi movie. Yeah, um, but they like did it legit though, right? Uh, what What do you mean by legit? Just not a piece of shit wrestler movie. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, so. so I haven't seen Leprechaun Origins. Okay, um, but yeah, uh, it was. It's like it's like fucking juvenile ass humor. It's perfect for you, and that's that's what I like. Yes, you know, I'm gonna say this now. I've probably said this before. I kind of always feel like. We're a good yin and yang for the pod because you're all for sure because you're all serious and give your serious ass fucking critique and Edoc's just like titties. I just want titties. I just want titties. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and like the gore was like really really good as well. Um, Someone legit directed this. Oh, you just told me. Uh, Some, Fuck, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm afraid I don't know his name. It's like one of the guys Steven from Astron Six, Konstansky or something. Maybe. Yeah. Butchered that as hell, but there's nothing Ajish? new here. Uh, yeah. Um, like just for example, there's like a part where uh, he's like looking for this girl. Uh, she's hiding in her closet. Whenever she uh, opens her 
uh, closet. She starts throwing shoes at him uh, to get away. Okay. And so the leprechaun is like, this is a mess. You can't just leave shoes about. So he starts, <laughs> so he starts putting the shoes back, but, but there's a pair of Crocs and he throws them in the trash can and he's like, and he says some like dumb bullshit right, about like Crocs. Like, yeah. Nice. And I was just like, this is great. This is fucking funny. I liked it so much. I picked up the fucking leprechaun, uh, Blu-ray collection. Oh, nice. Uh, currently this does not have a physical release, which if it ever does, I will be there for it. Uh, I just rented it digitally. I think it's Lionsgate, right? So it should come out. Right. Um, and actually last night I went to watch the OG, got 20 minutes into it and I was out. So, Easy was out. So hopefully on the next pod, E-Dog will have uh, further Leprechaun reviews for you guys. No, I'd love to hear I, it. I want us to do something silly like that. Okay, I'm ready. Like, I want us to do a Leprechaun episode. I want us to do a Wishmaster episode. I've said Hellraiser for years, but I'm not even sure about the that. The episode you were gone, I went through a journey of the entire Chucky franchise, and I talked the whole fucking franchise but, by myself. So, But Child's Play is legit. Yeah. But I guess I feel bad for shit talking Leprechaun and Wishmaster right now. But compared to Child's Play, yeah, Child's Play is legit. Yes, it is. Okay, I so I really, ones. really liked Leprechaun Returns. That's exciting. But I, I, I almost picked up that Leprechaun set as well. Uh-huh. It was but, sixteen dollars on Amazon. But then I remembered all those WWE. So shit. they only did one. Okay, uh, and that's uh, Origins. All right. Um, Maybe you could talk me into it. Well, I was going to suggest like. You can just borrow my collection after I watch it. And Me then, borrow something from you? So that way we could do a leprechaun. Does it have a digital code? It does have. You there could, you go. There you go. You there can you just go. have my digital copy, Doc. Is that our next episode? I don't want to commit to <laughs> Okay, not, not yet. So I, I'm very. Soon, I, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. And, and I'm also all about horror icons. Yeah. And maybe leprechaun's not that big, but I'm super excited to be exploring a new one. Yeah, we just want to see our guys, right? And it, would you consider Leprechaun your guy now? Just based on one film, not produced by WWE. Based on Leprechaun Returns and the first 20 minutes of the first one? No, but I'm hoping he will be. But it might be soon. What I was bummed out about is like in Leprechaun Returns, like everything he says rhymes. And I was like, oh, this is so silly. And then the first 20 minutes that I saw the OG, it's not like that. And I was like, I hope the new one doesn't cast a shadow over like right the ogs but i mean i can't wait till i get to like leprechaun in space and in the hood because like in, in space i mean feel free to tweet at me if you know this answer does he have like a little astronaut suit that he wears i don't know i don't know I either to find out and like you know and like fucking like I jason s- x didn't have a space suit right so i mean he's jason oh okay i mean i don't know i mean i guess they're both like fucking magical people well but by the time he was in space he was uber jason he was upgraded yeah yeah who knows um, and like when he gets and i think like ice teas in leprechaun in the hood so you know i'm stoked yes i'm ready for it i'm pumped i i i'm, I'm pumped actually, to get that I'm code actually, yeah okay i like leprechaun returns a lot what else nice. you got g <laughs> okay so that was leprechaun returns that was a lot of bullshit and, for uh, leprechaun returns no it's awesome and how did you watch it i just rented it digitally vod Yep. Nice. Okay, so... What was funny... Sorry to interrupt you. Whenever I rented it, there was a Leprechaun digital sale on the Microsoft store. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, am I going to buy all these right now? They um they did a Microsoft uh, uh, movies and TV store sale for 
the Friday the 13th collection. Oh, and really? I think it was 10 bucks For and just so one through eight? Or it was, it was all of them? It was one through eight. I already have it, and I already have them digitally. But I thought, you know what? 10 bucks for those eight films to be on my Xbox forever. I uh, I made sure to buy that shit. Oh, nice. But then when I was... And they were like... They were only like... They were legit like $4 a piece. Okay. Oh, to, to own? To own. Oh, my yeah. God. And so that's why I was like evaluating. I was like, okay. Is this worth it? But then I just went to Amazon, and then that collection was only 16, like 16. bucks. I was yeah. like, oh, so I'll just get them. You didn't get the slip, did you? It originally had the it slip. It came with the no slip. No way. That's awesome, though. Yep. All right, so Leprechaun returns. Thumbs up for me, Doc. Are y'all pumped for Leprechaun Origins? Duh. Why you Horn keep, Swoggle why, or whatever why, the fuck why, why his name is. Why you keep bringing up Leprechaun Origins? Because I hate WWE pre- Did you watch movies. Leprechaun Origins? No, no I, I thought, not. I thought, I thought See No Evil was okay. See No Evil was okay. I didn't see See No Evil. And didn't, didn't the Soska Siskas do part do two? Too, yeah. And we haven't seen yeah, Are we going to get a, a fucking, I don't know what his name is in the movie. Kane? Kane versus <laughs> Horn Swoggle crossover film? I hope not. So that was Leprechaun Returns. Yep. Okay. Uh, my first thing, uh, I'll do this quick maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, this isn't horror, but okay. Yell at me if, if I shouldn't talk this. So I've seen the first two hours of true detective season three. Oh, okay. Um, I want to, I know it's, I'm going to watch it with my mom. It's not exactly horror, but it's genre. It's true crime. So I want to talk it and I'm excited anyway. So true detective season three, this is, you know, a big deal to me. The first season is one of my favorite eight hours of television ever. I'm sorry to stop you. I'm kind of surprised I'm not hearing anything. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody loves the first season. Yeah. Everybody loved to hate the second season. Yep. I thought I was going to see, like, chatter right away. Yeah. You're so, the first person to, I'm going to hear something about it from. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the first season is uh, eight of my favorite hours of anything I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's a perfect series. It's legitimately brilliant. The second season I thought was just okay TV. And I liked it. I did too. But at a time when, like, TV is really fucking good, just okay, like, didn't cut it for True Detective for me. I really me. like Taylor Kish. See, I, I really like Rachel McAdams. Is that, a, is that how you pronounce his last I name? I say Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch? Kish? I like him a um, I love Rachel McAdams, so I liked her in that. But that second season is just, like, it shit the bed, too. Like, the, the ending of that season I just thought was worthless. Um, but anyway, so this third season uh, has Mahershala Ali. Correct. It's mainly so far in these first two hours. It's mainly just about him. I was just I was just about to ask that because the first two seasons had multiple detectives. Yeah. So is it looking like it's just going to be one dude in this one? So there's, from the two hours you've the seen, the other one is Steven Dorff. Uh, oh really? And but he so far in these first two hours, he really hasn't. He's he's the other detective. Him and Mahershala Ali walk around and ask oh, people questions. Interesting. So he's in it, but it's not like the first season where it's like Woody. Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, you follow the other detective home and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So far, he's just been the other detective. I like him so far. But Mahershala Ali, we get to go through his whole life. We really just follow him. And uh, I like that so far because it's really focused. Um, The main issue with the second season was it took place like in LA, I think. And it had no sense of place. It had no like regionality to it. It just felt like everything else. Um, Where is this one? So this one, I actually don't know where it's at, but that's part of a good thing. Is it Swamplands? Sort of, yeah. It's like woodlands, trees, like, you know, there's all these sweeping uh, drone shots of, like, forests and, like, ro- windy dirt roads. Now what I'm most excited about, does it is Jeremy, is Jeremy Solnay credited yeah, so in these he, first two episodes? So he directed the first two and he's credited. 
Um, and so that's all I've seen so far, but the best thing about it so far is it's like regionality uh, of the show. Again, I don't know where it's at, but you'll know what I mean. It's sense of place. You feel like you're just out in fucking wherever this is, Mississippi. I don't know, but you're just, Oh, what's the time period? Um, so there's like three time periods. Oh, okay. So the show has three separate like time arcs. And it's all Mahershala Ali then? Yes. Okay. Uh, the main crux of the show is he's an old man now trying to remember the past. Okay. And so you end up following him to when this case was originally opened the first time and then the second time when it was reopened and then the third time he's being, he's an old man being interviewed by TV. So you have these three timelines that you're getting more and more information from. And he narrates some of it because he's talking to the TV person, but then it's it's good so far. I'm I'm excited. But I I, th- I think it's great so far. Uh like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my mom if she wants to watch it so we can watch it together. Um I guess I should say what it is. In True Detective season three, I won't go into detail, but uh two kids go ride their bikes and go missing. That's it. So these two kids are missing. Um, so far they've sort of already unveiled some like big mysteries and like maybe genre type elements, kind of like the first season, which the first season had like the yellow King and like a lot of Lovecraft elements and stuff. I loved all the saying shit. Yeah. Black Uh, stars. That's already kind of started a little bit in this. So again, I feel like this is a return to form where it's like set it in a fucked up backwoods area and set it in Carlsbad, New Mexico and Satan. Um, so, so far in the first two episodes, true detective season three is yep. good. Uh, which is, I feel like I'm taking that for granted right now. Like, Oh, it's good. No, like that's really exciting. Like I'm I, really, pumped. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. So Eric, what's your next thing? One cut of the dead. Never heard of this. Uh, so you're lying. I'm lying. Uh, there was a bit of a, uh, scandal. Shall we say with one cut of the dead? Okay. Oh uh, yes. One, I have heard of this. I was lying. Uh, one cut of the dead does not have US American distribution. distribution, right? And one Sunday, I wake up. First thing I do uh, is always look at my phone. Yep. And I'm on Twitter, and I see people are like, one cut of the dead is on uh, Amazon Prime to stream. And is this the first time it's on your radar? No, no, no. I've I've seen people talk about it, okay. like like on, on Twitter. Um, and people are talking about how good it is. And E-Dog loves zombies. It's my favorite horror uh, subgenre. Yes. Uh, number two being slashers. Um, I'm like, oh shit, I've been waiting for this. I've heard such good things. You know what a problem I have? What's that? I want everything to be my new favorite movie. Yeah, I, I find that as well. Like, that's why I feel like we get disappointed when we talk stuff on the pod sometimes. Because it's like, it was good, but I feel like we want everything to be amazing. I went into One Cut of the Dead thinking like, this is going to be my number one of 2018. Okay. I was like, this is it. Can't wait. Fucking pumped. And what did Eric think of One Cut Above the Dead? I'm going to tiptoe. Because Eric's I don't making I, a tiptoe motion. Because I don't want to reveal. Are you going to tiptoe on your Jordans? I don't want to. Well. Uh, Not yet. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on who sings it. Just help me real quick. Uh, what's that fucker's name? Riff Raff. Riff Raff. Yeah, okay. So, because it's really clever. Okay. But it's not meta. It's not self-aware. All right. But its execution is, I thought it was really clever. Okay. But, uh, but unfortunately, not enough for me to be like, fuck yeah. Because ultimately, I didn't love One Cut of the Dead. Okay. The idea around it is it's one long take. 
and I thought it was going to be like 90 minutes of, holy shit, this is just one take. Okay. I'm not going to say anything more about that. The story, there are these people filming a zombie movie in a abandoned Japanese World War II base where you learn that Japanese scientists experimented on the dead. And then sure enough, zombies actually show up. Okay. E-Dog's got to stop there. E-Dog's stopping there. Um, He's no longer tiptoeing. The film is presented in three segments. There's that. Then the next 30 minutes is something else. And then the next 30 minutes is what we just saw for the first 30 minutes, but from a different perspective. Okay. And that's the really clever part. And after I watched it, I was like, that was cool. I'm going to watch it again to see, maybe I'll like it more now that I know what it is, now that I know it's revealed. But then I'm looking on Twitter. This is the same day. People are saying like, it's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Right. If you're supposed to, if you're going to watch it, better do it now. And that you, you watched it not knowing that it wasn't wasn't supposed supposed to be be there. there. Right. Which is good. That's good enough. Right. So, um, by the time I got back to wanting to watch it again, it was already down. Nice. So I guess somebody just uploaded a bootleg copy. But to Amazon Prime, what a weird thing. And you know what their like uh, statement was? Was like anybody with a Prime account can upload to Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, I thought that was really odd. So I guess that means that there could be other shit on Prime that's not legit. Yeah, that's really weird. It makes it sound like it's just like YouTube. Yeah, um, I don't at know. This point. I-, I thought that was extremely odd that... They, Super weird. Because I don't think that – I honestly don't think – I think they're being a little disingenuous saying anyone with a Prime account. Right. I guarantee you have to have like – maybe they're saying anyone with a Prime account that signs up for distribution or something. Right. Can right. upload whatever they want. Because I don't think you and I could just go upload something to Amazon Prime. Right. Exactly. I was I was gl- I was was glad I got to watch it. Yeah. Uh, um, but you weren't supposed to. Even though I wasn't supposed to, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I caught it in that time frame. One thing that was weird about it was, so it's in Japanese. Okay. There's English subtitles, and there was parts where there'd be a word spelled with an R. I mean, there'd be a word that had an R in it, but it'd be spelled with L's. Huh. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Gotta be. I, I was like, are these subtitles being racist right now? I don't know. It was fine. I mean, it was a bootleg. Yeah, I was thing. gonna say it must have been whoever uploaded it. Yeah, fucked up or something. Yeah, it know. was it was weird. Um, so I really liked One Cut of the Dead. I'm I'm excited to watch it again when it actually gets actual uh, distribution. But I'm afraid it didn't give me the high I wanted it. So to. it's not gonna make your top ten. It is not on my top ten. Okay. No. And that was that was One Cut of the Dead, which you can't watch yet, but you will be able to at some point. Let's hope. Right now, it just has UK distribution. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, that's so fucking weird that it showed up on prime. I feel like I've never heard of that. And uh, I saw like Rob Galuzzo, uh, from, uh, shockwave saying like, as someone that's in distribution, like this is true. Like that anyone can upload your movie. And it's like, this is like an epidemic. Like we didn't know about this. And then today we're all going to find out that like, there's fucked up people uploading shit illegally, I guess to prime. Like what an odd thing. It's so weird. Uh, one cut above the dead. One cut of the dead. What else you got, G? All right. So uh, I watched uh, my most exciting Blu-ray that I've purchased in a long time. Uh, it is uh, the French film from 2007, Inside. Uh, this is 
the one of the most exciting things I've ever been able to get. Um, so Amazon Italy. Uh, so in Italy, there's this Blu-ray of Inside, and there's been a couple releases of the film Inside over the years in the UK. I think there's one in France. There's one I think in Japan even, but all of them, none of them have English uh, subtitles. subtitles or dub. So none of them have English at all. So in order to so to buy them would just be pointless. Even if they're Region B, they don't have English at all. Mm-hmm. So finally. Uh, Italy puts this one out from, I think it's midnight releasing or something. Um, it doesn't have subtitles, so that sucks, but it has, uh, the English dub. So while Eric and I don't like to watch dubbed films, we would prefer reading the subtitles with the original language that uh, you can't do that with this Blu-ray. So I had to watch it with the English, uh, uh, dub. How was that? It was great. You know, I could tell at first I was bothered by it. Just because, like, the performances are lost, you know? Like, mm. the characters are... Instead of saying, like, no, I don't want to go there. Well, hell, that was bad. No, I don't want to go there. It's more like, no, I don't want to go. Like, you know, it's more like that. Mm-hmm. But inside is more visceral than dialogue, right? So, like, once the dialogue pops, it's really just people being fucking brutally mutilated. Um, and it's amazing. This is the best fucking... I'm so excited to own this finally. I made my brother watch it. He had never seen Inside. Oh, really? This is his first time? Yeah, and he loved it, but he said it was really fucked up. And um, yeah, I guess that's it, Inside. Love the film. Very exciting to finally have this on blue. And it's region free. You don't even have to have a region B player to play it. So uh, again, the only compromise is you have to watch it dubbed, but it's worth it. Do you have to have a whole nother Amazon account whenever you order from various Amazon countries? Or is it just one Amazon account works for all Amazons? One Amazon account works for almost every other international Amazon. The only problem is you have to be able to know how to order without English written on the page. Okay. Because it's all in Italian, for instance. Right. But if you use Amazon, you know what the add to cart is sure you know how to click checkout log in and then it'll it'll auto pre put in your your address and everything and then it'll what just about shipping uh it was like seven bucks oh, that's not bad um you i can't actually, get prime i actually got this for a total of 17 dollars oh wow um which i was so excited so anyways inside from 2007 uh i guess i should say this is a film a home invasion film about a mother who has not given birth to her baby yet, and someone wants to get inside the house. We've talked um, inside. I know we have, but I I'm did, on drugs! didn't want to just leave it hanging. Eric, what's your next fucking thing? Ravenous, uh, also a French film. Yep. Uh, have you heard of Ravenous? Uh, uh, this this yes. is not the Guy Pierce yes. cannibal western. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yes, I've is, heard what This is heard. a zombie film as well. This takes primarily in like the French countryside. Okay. And, and it's about a group of survivors trying to survive. Okay. And they're more 28 days later zombies than they are Romero zombies or Return of the Living Dead out of the grave uh, zombies. Okay. Um, if any of our listeners choose to watch Ravenous, this is a Netflix film. Yes. Or Netflix acquired. It's available to watch on Netflix. Play this film loud. There are a... Play every film loud, by the way. Yes. There are a number of jump scares, and the sound really helps. One thing that I really liked about Ravenous was that a number of these jump scares are played for laughs, and there's one of them's like a running gag. Okay. And whenever it finally hits the punchline, whenever the payoff finally happens, it's a jump scare, 
It was fucking hilarious. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't even call this like a comedy. It's like a serious, like almost like arty zombie film. Artsy fartsy? Not too artsy fartsy. Artsy fartsy. Just fartsy. Artsy fart. I mean, that's that's. I mean, if I made a zombie film, it would just be fartsy. Um, <laughs> dogs fartsy. Not not like twenty eight days later. Okay. Uh, artsy fartsy. But sort of. There was a lot of humor in it, and I guess that's why um, I was into it. And a lot of it's like real fucking again juvenile. Nice. Um, Eric loves juvenile. It was great. E dog. I mean, give E dog all the zombie movies. Uh, was this 2018 and will it make your list? This was 2018 and it will not make my okay. list. Now, I want to ask you a question. I'm ready. Okay. Let's hear it. I heard so many positive things about One Cut of the Dead. And One Cut of the Dead has been playing festivals, right? Yes. Uh, after I watched Ravenous, after I watch any film, I'm eager to go look it up on IMDb, Wikipedia. I want to learn about whatever I just watched. Yes. I want to know who directed it and all that shit. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to see what else the director has done. I think we have a disease because that's what we do with fucking everything. Well, I'm just on drugs. I'm uh, all fucked up. Uh, and I saw like the poster art for Ravenous on IMDb. It like it has like all these like accolades that it collected from whenever. Accolades? Did I not pronounce that right? Accolades? 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 That it acquired uh, whenever it played film festivals, right? Timo Tivajanto. So, so these two films. I liked, okay, but I wasn't like hard on him, right? Right. Do you think there's such a thing? I'm gonna dub this festival vision. Yes. Where people see a film at yes. a festival and they can't see it, but you know they're seeing it before everybody else, and it's this new great big thing. And then whenever it finally makes it out to the general public, it's okay. You're I mean, you're next. I mean, do you think that's a thing? I do. Um, this happens because. You have to remember that this is a festival, right? So there's only a set amount of films. Right. And a lot of times... There's only a set amount of people seeing it. Exactly. And a lot of times people will see the same like five or six types of movies. And then one movie will be different and that wins all the awards because uh, they weren't expecting that, for instance. So, but, but that excitement of something new doesn't translate to when we finally see it like a year later or whatever. By, by then... You know, we're just seeing it like, okay, show us your great film, and what's not that? show us your different thing from the other festival favorites from that year. But we're told how good it is. Right. And then that I, I read how back. good One Cut of the Dead That's was. Right. right. Exactly. And then so when I get to it, it was just and okay. You, and you also have to remember, because you said it had all the accolades on the on the poster. Right. You have to remember a lot of those festivals, and I'm not shit talking. Just be bullshit. Yes. And I'm not like shit. the Nebraska Open Air Film Festival. That's exactly right. That's right. exactly right. I'm not talking shit about those smaller festivals or those smaller films. If I made a movie, I would put every uh, award I got from ev- from from the Open Air Festival of Nebraska. Right. I would do that too. So I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying, but I think that sort of fucks up our perception. Right. It's like, oh, it, it won the Midnight Film Fest. But it's like Midnight Film Fest, like, uh, I'm trying to think. like Of the Corpus Christi no, uh, Beachside Fest. Delaware, right. you know, Basin or something like that. Like. Yeah. So, right. uh, yes, I definitely agree. But uh, when I said your next, by the way, I love your next. But your next came out of the festival circuit like it was the best fucking movie ever made, and I feel like it lives up to the hype. It's close to it, but it's definitely not the best. It. That's one film that I enjoyed. Okay, I, I hate to say. I mean, your next is one of my favorite films. Right. I'm just saying that festival hype didn't necessarily transfer, especially to people liking it, other than me and you. Oh. Um, people went and saw it and thought, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, really? Oh yeah. 
That movie made no money. What do you mean, really? You don't remember? I didn't see it until it came out on blue. Great. (laughs) You just proved my point. No one fucking saw that in theater, right? But I didn't even know it did festivals. I didn't even know it had a bunch of hiking then. I just thought it was a fuck... I thought it was a film that uh, sat for a minute. No, it did, but then, then it won all these festivals. It was the biggest fucking movie nothing. ever. Lionsgate purchased it, and Goodbye Your Next for three years, oh. and then then we finally saw it that year it came out. Anyways, it's an amazing movie. But yes, uh, what were you what were you talking? Not one cut, of, but ravenous. ravenous. Yes, ravenous. Was that yeah. it for ravenous? That was ravenous. Fun zombie film with a lot of humor. Nice. Doc says, "I'm gonna steal Joe Bob line. Check it out, E Bob. Yep. Okay." Uh, so my next thing, my last thing for our, our uh, open air here, our what we've been watching, our Nebraska open air uh, festival, <laughs> is simply Cloverfield. So um, I haven't rewatched Cloverfield in a long time, uh, probably two years maybe. Okay, but um, I got the 4K disc. Oh, nice of Cloverfield. My brother has a 70 inch TV. Oh, nice. Um, he has a sound bar with you know bass, right? You know, it has a has a sub. Um, so I went over and, uh, his wife, uh, has never seen Cloverfield. Okay. So we put in this disc and clicked play and, you know, I'm just grinning from ear to ear. I, I talk about this a lot where when you see a movie or, and, and we build it up as our favorite thing of all fucking time. Right. Sure. So Cloverfield is in my top 10 ever, which is fair, impossible to do. Right. Like you can't usurp things like back to the future or star Wars or 2001, uh, or Indiana Jones for me. But one thing that has made it into that pantheon is Cloverfield. Okay. So we sit down, we click play and, uh, yeah, it just proves it. It's the best. I, I love Cloverfield. It's one of my favorite fucking movies of all time. Uh, the 4k disc looked amazing. Um, we turned it way the fuck up and I was like on the edge of my seat. I I've seen this movie like tw- 20 or 30 times. Like I've seen this movie a lot. I saw, it, I think eight times in theater. So, it still works so well. It's still so good. The person who hadn't seen it, which was Sabra, she loved it. She was on the edge of her she- seat. There's this moment, you know, in Cloverfield where the little creatures that fall off of Clovey are in the subway mm-hmm. and they turn the lights on to try to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she, <laughs> they turn on the night vision. I just hear her say, Oh shit. And I was like, yes, I love this goddamn movie. It's working. Um, also something new I realized, which uh, if you've never played this game, you're not going to get it, so I'll make it quick. But that whole underground sequence into, like, that Macy's with the with the troops where Marlena explodes, mm-hmm. um, it's very, very influenced by uh, Half-Life. I never noticed this. There's a, there's uh, creatures in a, in, a, in a fucking subway. They're exactly like head crabs. Uh, they end up having to use a crowbar at one point. Then they walk into uh, that Macy's area, and there's all those, um, for lack of a better word, troops. And they're all using their radios and talking, and you can't hear them. It's very immersive. It's Trust me, if you know Half-Life 2, this it's very Half-Life 2. It's, it's crazy. I never noticed that. And lastly, immersive sound design. Just such a great fucking movie. Love every goddamn minute of Cloverfield. It still holds up. Um, I don't care if we talk this every episode because I want to champion Cloverfield. So, love that movie. Eric, do you have anything else? I've got two more. <clears throat> Let's hear it. Go ahead. Uh, the next one I watched is uh, another thing that's available on Netflix. Uh-huh. It is a Timo Tejanto film. Timo! You know, the f- Timo Tejanto! You know, whenever I first started talking about Timo Tejanto, 
when I and you, and you were like, why are you pronouncing his name correctly? The way I heard it was on an episode of The Core. It was the Danzig episode. Yes. Uh, one of his films was The Recommendation. And that's the way Sam Zimmerman pronounced it. Timo, Timo Tejanto. Okay. But, it, but, it's, but it's not two Timos. He's just got one Timo. So how do you say it? It's just Timo Tejanto. Not Timo Timo Tejanto. <laughs> okay. and, and that's how like I have, and that's how I had been saying it. Ajish. And then I started following him on Twitter and I was like, it's just Timo Tejanto, not Timo 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 Janto. I love it. I love it. Okay, what about okay, it? So anyways, okay, so this is a 2018 film. Uh, it's called May the Devil Take You. And let me preface this with, uh, he had another film on Netflix, a film I've already talked about, uh, The Night Comes for Us. Yes. One of my favorite fucking films of the year. Um, and then I discovered he had another movie on Netflix. Uh, not a Netflix film, just a film that they've acquired. I'm going to bring up another thing. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Okay, so with Hold the Dark, uh, Netflix also acquired Murder Party. Yes, Jeremy Saulnier's other film. Yes. With Apostle, I see The Raid is now up there. Okay. Do you think that's a thing? Where like, oh, and so with, I the, do. And so with the Night Comes for Us, there's this other Timo Tejanto film called Headshot. Okay. And I wonder if that's intentional. Like they acquire a film that's theirs. I think so. And then they're like, hey, this this director also did this film. I think it might be like a package deal. Like oh, okay. when they when they sign up with the director or when they purchase a property, um, I think it might be in the contract. Like, hey, will you if you throw in if you have the rights to your other film, or 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 we'll buy your other film for streaming rights from Universal, for instance. If you, it's an incentive to like make the movie with them or sell uh, the movie to them because yeah, it happens all the time. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I watched the night comes for us, fucking loved it. And then I saw there was another Tijanto film, uh, called headshot also with the dude. Uh, I'm going to say he's from the raid cause that's oh, where yeah, I first yeah. saw him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a stab at his name. Sure. It's not right. Iko Uwes. Uh, he's in the night comes for us. He's also in headshot and I fucking loved headshot. It's that same type of, I think he's also in force awakens. He is. Yeah. Did you get my star Wars calendar joke? Yes. I don't Thank remember you. it now, but I got it. I don't yeah. remember what it was. So I bought a fucking 2019 uh, yes. Star Wars calendar. As everyone should. Yes. Notice this one's bigger yeah. than my last one. And I almost preferred the smaller one more. That Yoda picture is not that cool at all. Yeah. So in The Force Awakens, Iku Yues, Yes. it's whenever they first find the Millennium Falcon again. Ganja Club or whatever. Right. And his character... Culture. It's like it's literally like Culture Club or something, but I can't remember what it is. And if if I rem- if I can remember... I never did a deal with Kaja Club. Uh, his his character's name, Iku Yues, yes. is Razu Quinn Fee. So each month of the calendar is a prominent Star Wars character. Yeah. And my joke was that this calendar was a ripoff because there's not a picture of Razu Quinn Fee. I saw that, yeah. Okay, so... A dog loves the night Timo, comes for us. I love Headshot. I love Timo Tejanto. And now on Netflix, there's a horror film, 2018, directed by Tejanto called "May the Devil Take You." And I hit play, and I was like, "This is it. This is E Dog's number one." And what did you think? I'm so fucking guilty of like, I'm going to love every fucking movie. Yes. Now let me tell you what "May the Devil Take You" is. I made the mistake. Of reading IMDb reviews, worse. Don't ever do that. I IMDb wish I had it. Reviews are a scum of the earth because it kind of molded my viewing experience. They yeah. were calling it Indonesian Evil Dead, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" 
That's what E-Dog wants. E-Dog wants Indonesian Evil Dead. Okay. Did I get Indonesian Evil Dead? No. Absolutely fucking No. Okay. So, it's about this motherfucker who makes a deal. I don't know if it was a demon or the devil. Okay. And he... Does it have a name? The demon or the devil? Either one. And it's this, like, woman who, like, conjures the spell. Conjure Club. And if if all of that is mentioned in the film, E-Dog missed it. So what he makes a deal with the devil for, there's there's great moments of a, of a black goat. And I was like, fuck yeah. Black Phillip. Fuck yeah. Like, and I kept, and like, there's like a part where he's like standing up. And I was like, fuck yeah. Give me this fucking demon goat, demon goat, demon goat. Give me this demon goat. But unfortunately, it's just like little glimpses of the demon goat. <laughs> okay. Give me this demon goat. That's demon your goat, goat. Demon goat. That's so, our next theme song. Give me this demon, demon goat, goat. Demon goat. Demon goat. goat. So this motherfucker makes a deal with the devil. Yes. For wealth and for health. Right? Two important things. Right. So this guy just has like all this money. Okay. He uses all this money to open like uh, like real estate or something like that. And this guy's just like, he's got mad money. But then the devil comes to collect. Uh-oh. And the devil comes to collect. And he is forced to murder his first wife. Okay. So the devil can have his wife's soul. So the protagonist of the film is his daughter whose mom was murdered, right? So... Since then, the man has remarried and had three children. And they're all like early 20s now when the film is taking place. Okay. Well, the devil comes to collect again. But he doesn't want to kill his current wife or any of his kids. So the devil takes back everything. Yes. He goes fucking broke and he gets in, and he gets super sick. There's this gross part where... Did I did I mention this was directed by Timo Tejanto? Yes, okay. I think you did. Okay, you see, that kind of also molded my viewing experience because the night comes for us, the headshot is just like badass, cool-ass violence and gore. So I was like, this is a horror film? Give me the gore! Give yeah. me the violence! Give me the titties! I knew you say that. You know? I was waiting. So, there's this part where, and you know, they don't know that dad has... Um, Made the deal with the devil. Right. So they go to the hospital and you learn that his organs are failing and he's broken out in this like skin infection. And it just looks fucking gnarly. It looks real fucking I'm guessing pus. Gross. Yeah. It's these crazy like boils on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Almost nothing grosses me out like in horror uh, with gore and stuff. The one thing it does is like pus and shit. Like that shit is right. gross as fuck. Like fucking cabin fever too. Yeah. Like I'll watch people get their fucking heads ripped off. But if I have to see, like, a big pimple or something, mm-hmm. that's disgusting to me. So they know the dad's going to die. And you learn that the daughter doesn't get along with the new wife or the half-brothers and sisters, with the half-siblings. And they know that the father has left a will and that primarily the first daughter is going to be left everything. And he owns this house in this villa. And they go uh, to see what they can find um, – the new wife and the new kids go to the house to see if there's anything that they can sell. Okay. And the main daughter, the first daughter, she shows up as well. And it just so happens. This is where he made the pact 
with the devil. With the demon goat. Demon with the goat. De- demon goat. So shit starts popping off there. The uh, spoiler alert, the new wife gets possessed and that's kind of like where it turns deadite okay. ish. And so it's your soul type shit. Right. So they're forced to like fend off Indonesian uh, demon goat slash deadite while trying to figure out what the father has done. Okay. Did Eric like? Timo I liked Timo-Jonto. it, but of all the Timo Timojanto films I've seen, it's my least favorite. Okay. I'm afraid it's not going to be on my list. It surprisingly lacked his violence and gore. And I think that's what I was most let down about. That's all Eric wants. That's all. And like Timo Tijanto knows how to do violence and gore. I will say this. It had one of the most gratifying decapitations I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going like, to cut that out and put it. When you when you go for president, I'm gonna, this had is the clip the most, I'm going to play. Yes. Um, so that was cool. Um, I do recommend May the Devil Take You. Um but unfortunately, I think I think all these other. This is on Netflix. This is on Netflix. That's right, yep. I, I guess all of his other films have just given me such highs. I was expecting so much out of a Timo Timojanto horror film, and I'm afraid I didn't get it. Well, that is disappointing. It was, but you're still recommending it. I'm still recommending it, so you can see that demon goat, demon, demon goat, demon goat, demon goat. Okay, uh, you had one more, right? I'm done. I do. I got one more. I finally watched. This is the first time I've ever seen it. I'm ready. Urban Legend. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. I've never fucking seen it. I guess you've talked about it. Yes. Because whenever I told you about it, you're like, yeah, I, I, I watched it for our 90s episode. Yes. That's how much I listened to you. Yep. Um, Melissa bought me the Scream Factory Blue for Christmas. Great Christmas gift. And I fucking loved it. I thought it was such a fun, clever idea. Somebody's killing kids based off of Urban Legends. The opening. It's so good. It's the best part of the movie. It's literally it, it's all downhill so from the good. opening, but the opening is amazing. Well, whenever they finally reveal the killer, I was like, eh, we, eh. Can, we can end this now. Yeah. But I was on board for all of it. Daniel Harris. Daniel Harris. Yep. Unfortunately, her role's not big, but still. But she's in it. But yeah, still cool. So tell me about Urban Legend now. Um, you know what scared me? What scared you? Urban Legend. Really? Like Which part? Like all of it. Oh, okay, cool. Like, so I scare super easy. Yeah. And it was like a Friday or Saturday night. I was home alone. And Eric lives in like a fucked up area. You know what's fucked up? Last <laughs> night, Dana texts me at like eight o'clock. And he's like, I guess a bunch of shit is on fire by your house. What? And I was like, how close? And I don't know how Dana knows. I don't know if he was at work or not. Dana works at the police department. Shout out to Dana. He does not listen. Uh, he And he texted me back 209 First Street, which is literally just... Right there. But your shit didn't get on fire. No, my shit didn't get on fire. Speaking of which, update, on the last episode, you pounded on the wall. Mm-hmm. Now, did anything crack or fall since then? That may have opened. Okay, yeah, More. that crack up there has gotten worse. Um, Apparently, two cars and a fucking shed were on fire. What? And But whenever I got there today on my route, I couldn't tell anything was on fire. Huh. So anyways, uh, Urban Legend. Watch out out there, folks. Urban Legend, I thought it was just scary. And like even last night, I was laying in my bed thinking about it, and I was like, "This is creeping me out." Yeah, there's. I mean, that's the thing about urban legend. There's good sequences like the opening with the car and it's like the making. So point. good, all that shit's really good. There's great sequences, but it doesn't all come together. I feel like the parking garage kill. Yes, holy fuck! Yeah, like that's just like brutal. Period. Yeah. No, it's like I said, like there's really good sequences, but the stuff that connects the whole film, I feel like isn't that good. So, but the, how about this? The urban legend aspect 
is phenomenal. Oh, it's great. That's such a fun yep. idea. Um, so now I'm just like super on board for Jamie Blinks, the uh, director of Urban Legend. Uh, he directed a Dimension Extreme, a film that I talked about that I liked a lot called Storm Warning. Um, so did Scream Factory put out Urban Legend 2 on Blue? Two, yes, not and, three. And now they're putting out uh, Valentine. Yes. Like on February 12th. So I've told Melissa. I like that. V-Day coming up, babe. Yeah. yeah. So Hello, I'm, Shut up. I'm fucking pumped. Yeah, so uh, I've never seen uh, Urban, Urban Legend 2. Me neither. And I've never seen Valentine. Um, I've heard Urban Legend 2 starts well, but uh, it ends up, I guess a lot of the film takes place in a at a film school with like film students. Is it trying to be like, like eye-winking and meta? Kind of, I think. Okay. And I heard it's not good. Okay. But I've heard Valentine's great, so I really want that blue. Uh, if any Valentines out there want to get me Valentine <laughs> for Valentine's Day, uh, that'd be great too. So was that it for Urban Legend? That's I like the movie too. I just don't love it. I really, really maybe I'm just high on it being my first time watch ever. Yeah, but I thought Urban Legend was fantastic. Did it look good? It looked blue. great. Nice. Uh, I want that blue, but I just rewatched it like last year for our '90s episode. Uh, loved it. Nice. Loved it. Awesome. And with that. That is what we've been fucking watching. That is what we've been fucking watching. And I think we have one more segment. Okay. Before the uh, penultimate, actually the ultimate. This is the penultimate segment, which is Eric Coffin's Tattoos. Eric Coffin's Demon Goat. Eric, fuck you. Demon Goat. Fuck you, Demon Goat. Well, no, we like the Demon Goat. You fuck Demon Goat? Nope. Eric. Okay. Give us your... This is my top 10... Horror punk albums of the year. Now, I remember last year saying 10 on accident, but I only did five. Nice. And you laughed? Yes. And so I made 10 actually happen this year. There are 10 horror punk albums that you can even name this year. There's there's 11. Wow. Yeah. You know what bums me out is I've been finding albums from 2017 and i'm like damn these would have been on my list last year you know i just realized we don't ever explain what eric coffin's terror tunes are now you're gonna tell me they should know of course but maybe we have new listeners eric coffin's terror tunes is the part of the episode where eric recommends Uh, horror horror punk punk music yes because he's a big fan of the horror punk and horror crunk genre uh horror punk is simply the best uh, well Yes. And that is this segment. So, Eric. I was just going to say bands usually sing about uh, horror films. Yes. Or the devil. Uh, most of them like to dress up in costume. Tina's got telekinesis? Yes. Okay, go ahead. All right, number 10. Light it up. Uh, is a band I talked about last episode. Uh, Bloodsucking Zombies from Outer Space. Nice day for an exorcism. And this is a quantity thing, not a quality thing, as there's only two songs on that EP. Number nine horror section they put out a self-titled album this year and it may be this low on my list simply because i didn't have enough time to listen to it it barely came out last month okay uh number eight chainsaw fight land of the dead these guys refer to themselves as horror thrash Ooh, and they have a banging ass song about jeremy salme's murder party that can be found on this album that's an obscure one murder party to do a song on you know sure that's tight I mean, and I've said this a hundred times before, that's how you win over EDOC. Using samples from a film or just simply referencing or making a song about it. Correct. Horror film. Right. Correct. Number seven, 
the Jasons get sued. Uh, E-Dog loves the fucking Jasons, but this was a cover album and give E-Dog's uh, original music, please. Number six, Cemetery Spawn, Music for Maniacs, another band I have uh, talked about uh, previously on the uh, pod. Uh, this guy makes songs for low-budget-ass horror films. Uh, Middlecock? I don't know. Biblecock? Forgetting this guy's name. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to keep on going. Now we're in the top five. <laughs> All right. Here we now go. Now we're in the top. We're in the juicy shit. Uh, Defiant Brood. Season of Decay. This is a female-led uh, horror punk band, and E-Dog's all for that. Give E-Dog more female-led horror punk bands. Number four, Stellar Corpses, the Hellbound Heart EP. Uh, these dudes have a stand-up bass. And why is stand-up bass so twangy? I, I don't know, Eric. I You're fucking love guy. it. I love it. Works so well. Uh, number three, Shadow Windhawk and the Morticians, the Funeral Cortege. Um... This song has a song, excuse me, this album uh, has a song called Mr. Romero. It is a tribute to the late, great George Romero. Nice. It's so good that I almost wanted to put it as number one just because of that song. But I decided I will evaluate the album as a whole instead of just base it on one song. Uh, Number two, The Crimson Ghosts, yet not human. This is one of my favorite horror punk bands from... um, the MySpace days. Ooh. Uh, they're a bit heavier. I'm glad that they're still around and kicking. Very catchy shit. And number one. E-Dog's favorite horror punk album of 2018 goes to JXV Ritual. Let me talk about JXV. Uh, they used to be known as Jason X Voorhees. And they decided to uh, shorten their name okay. just to JXV. Like Jean-Claude Van Damme. JVCD, correct. Um, these motherfuckers, um, it's kind of like, for lack of a better uh, term, they're a bit more hardcore. It's, it's like screamo. Okay. But here's what I like about them. They're straight-edge dudes. Um, like they had a song on a previous album called drink blood not booze <laughs> nice um, i like that they have songs about uh not being racist always a good thing and obviously uh songs about horror films so they're um all things eric stands for so they're anti-racism their drug-free horror life platform just really spoke to E Dog. Nice. Making JXV's Ritual my number one album of 2018. And literally a week before it dropped, they announced on their social media platforms they're breaking up. Oh, that sucks. And I was like, God damn it. What and song? It's so good. Ah, see, that that's going to be the tough part. Because what I ah, do that's is. going to be the tough part. I, I always send Keegan a YouTube link for yes. which song I want him to put in. And I, they have a song called Trick X Treat, um, which I think I'll probably uh, have you play. Obviously, it's about the film. And they sample from Resurrection Buster Rhymes saying, Trick or Treat, motherfucker, right before the breakdown hits. Nice. And it's pretty hard. So um, that is playing now. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So those are E Dogs 2018 Horror Punks album. Nice. Uh, good, good shit. Good shit. Nice. Yep. That's awesome. I feel like you worked harder on that than. Uh... That's probably fair to say. <laughs> uh, I'm excited because uh, I follow the uh, drummer uh, of JXV on Instagram, and he has another band called The Writhers. So hopefully I'll be talking the writhers soon. Nice. Yep. Well, that was Eric Coffins. Demon Go. Eric Coffins. Demon Go. All right. Uh, and now it's finally, finally time for our uh, magnum opus, if you will. And this is uh, our final presentation. No, our, our feature presentation is not our final. And this is our uh, top 10 of 2018. Correct. Light it up. Light it up. I guess I guess we're gonna do some um honorable mentions yes. first. So let me ask you this. Yes. Eric. How many times did you revisit these films? Uh did some- you just watch them once and one and done? Some of them I've seen a couple times, which you'll find out why. And a lot of them I've only seen once. Okay. Uh, but I've, my favorites I've seen more than once. I wanted to rewatch so many of these just to make sure I cemented their place in my list. But ultimately, E-Dog's a lazy fuck and did not do that. If you guys out there hear a can shaking around the whole episode. No, don't, oh. don't stop, Eric. Don't stop. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing no, it, Duh. I'm okay. going to throw it away, Duh. I wanted you to keep doing it. But uh, if you've heard that, that was Eric. Uh, that you, was my tall boy, Dr. Pepper. Yes, his tall boy, DP, because uh, Eric loves DP. Um, and he was hitting it on the tail. But we must proceed. Uh, Usually, you're on me right away whenever I make any type but of But you were noise. doing so well. I didn't want to fuck you up. Oh. I didn't want to ruin your groove. Okay. E-Dog was in a groove. E-Dog was in a fucking groove. E-Dog was in a fucking groove. Okay, so uh, before we do our honorable mentions, do you yes. want to do the little quick topics, little quick fire, little ha. Hit me, <laughs> hit, me, hit me with those quick fire. All right, quick fire topics. So 2018. Uh, and well, let let's me, do this let me for- stop you real quick. Go ahead. Assume that I want to know yours as well instead of going, oh, thanks for asking, Eric. It's called a bit, but uh, I thanks will. Thanks for asking. It's called a bit. So first of all, uh, let's do this. Eric. Yes. How was 2018 in horror? What do you, you, as a whole? I look at this list and I think every single film could be number one. So I think it was another phenomenal year for horror. I look at my list and I don't think everything could be number one, but I think everything could be on my list. How about that? Okay. Like everything. E- e- even like when I start rolling down the list, even films that I don't have ranked, I'm like, that was good. Yep. That was good. Same here. Shit. That was good. Yeah. I feel like it was a good year. I do kind of feel like last year was better overall. Like I feel like we got bigger bangers, but I feel like we have more shit this year. All right. Your dog's going to call you out. Okay, I'm, you know, I, call me I'm out. not disagreeing with you. I thought last year was great too. Okay. Other than it, name some bangers from 2017. Leatherface. Uh, what's the other Alexandru Bustillo uh, fucking... I love Leatherface, but that was a banger for you. A big banger. Oh, for sure. Okay. I like that Okay. Movie. I'm not shit talking to you. Uh, I liked it let's too. Let's see. Uh, Get Out. Came okay. out last year. Okay. Got me there. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay. You got me there. How excited are we for us? I'm very excited. Holy shit. That's a, that's another segment. Maybe we could do that now. What are okay. we excited for for next year? Us. It chapter two. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Great. And next month, happy death day to you. Yes. Uh, I'm so a, excited. I'm also like getting pumped for this Annabelle 3 that's coming. Okay. That'll be fun too. Like, they've announced that like 
Uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson will at least appear in it. It's going to take place in their house. The Annabelle films have been really good. A film that we're not really going to talk was The Nun from this year, which kind of sucked and kind of shit on my list. Mine either. I mean, I mean, it's like I kept track of everything, and I for somehow just forgot to put the er- nun here Eric, on my notes. I have everything is like movies. The nun is one. No, I'm no, looking no, at no, your no, list you right here, fucker. You crazy dog? So the, don't look at my list. The nun, literally, <laughs> you're Eric, cheating. In my notes, it says the nun question mark. Oh, okay, it's the only one in here because it's just it's you know it's not very good. Anyways, Annabelle three, excited about that. It chapter two, like fuck yeah. I'm glad to say the Leprechaun returns. Is in my top twenty of the list. Wow, you did a top yeah. twenty. Uh, so no, well, I just did everything. That's what it happens to be. Right. So that's our. Most I'm not going to do that this year. Fuck that. So that's our most anticipated of the year. Uh, my most anticipated would probably be us. I'm I'm excited I'm for going it. In. I'm going. I'm in. excited for Pet Cemetery. I'm 100 percent there for those. In reality, it's probably it. Yeah. But I'm going to say us. I'm going it because event horror for life. So uh, what else? Let's see. Worst horror of 2018. Oh, easy. I got it. Ready. Three. Two, one. Day of the Dead Bloodline. I said Winchester. I said Day of the Dead Bloodline. Okay, I didn't see Day of the Dead Bloodline. It, well, don't. Okay, I won't. I, I, I'll never forget your review of it. It was one of my favorite segments of this podcast ever. And then you do, do you know what I have above Day of the Deadline? What's that? The second worst film of 2018, Winchester? in my opinion. The Inside Remake. Oh, didn't see it. Not going to see it. Yep. That, is, that, that is really telling. What a shit film if you put it that low. It was... E-Dog did not like it. All right, fair. Blu-ray of 2018 uh, that not, you can remember. Uh, not a horror film. I'm going with uh, Arrow's Django because of the whole uh, it getting recalled business. Nice. I'm so happy I have a copy of it. Hell yeah. Yours? Uh, mine was, and, and I believe this came out this year. Now, don't yell at me. The Steelbook came out the year before, but the Suspiria re-release. Oh, okay. So uh, from Synapse. Yes. That Suspiria Blue just- Pretty exploded my love for that movie. I fucking love Suspiria and it's all because Synapse put out that gorgeous fucking Blu-ray. So anybody out there, if you don't have the Suspiria blue from Synapse, pick that shit the fuck up. So that was my favorite Blu-ray. Uh, favorite TV, Eric? Uh, the Haunting of Hill House is incredible. So uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm you're going in, to. You're in for a treat. I'm I'm a shithead for not watching but, it. But now you've got season three of True Detective, and you're going to watch season three of True Detective first before you watch The Hunting of Hill House. That's true. Uh, no, it's Mike Flanagan. Has Mike Flanagan done you wrong? No. Did you know that there is a 1963 film called The Haunting, also based off of the same novel? Did you know that I've seen that film? And is it good? It is, but it's very slow because it was in the 60s. But yeah, it's good. I have it. You don't know about like the, this is like a, there's like 30 of these movies. There's a movie called The Haunting that came out in like 99 and it's the same thing. And it's, it's kind of high in my Netflix physical queue. For, so maybe I'll get to it someday soon. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's good, but it's get ready for an old fashioned ghost story. It's not like jumpy or anything. I, I put it in my queue because of Mike Flanagan's The Haunting of oh, the okay. House. It's a classic. Yeah. Like if you ask horror historians, it's a classic, right. but it's not. Like Psycho is like a banger if you watch it today. The Haunting doesn't work as well, but it's a good movie. Okay, it's really good. I'll uh, get to it hopefully. My favorite TV of the year isn't really horror, but a genre, and I don't give a shit because my favorite. Sabrina, you're crazy, dog. No, I'm kidding. It is uh, Sharp Objects. Okay, so you guys can shoot arrows my way. It's not really horror. It's genre. Fuck you. Sharp Objects is the best goddamn thing I saw this year on TV. <laughs> you dog ain't planning on watching it. Awesome, dog. It's amazing. So uh, I think that's it for our little topics here, dog. little topics. Are you going to reveal your favorite non-horror, dog? Okay, dog. Top three non-horror. Ooh-wee. You but go I, first. I'm super comfortable with my with my number one. 
And okay. then I have no idea about two and three. But number one, 100% was Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. Number two, I'll say Creed 2. And number three, fuck you guys, Pacific Rim Uprising. Nice. Yes, yep. I love it. Number three on your non or Yep. Well, yours, Doc. <laughs> so my number three would be Game Night. Oh, God, it's so it's good. I love Game Night's fantastic. Absolutely amazing. I hate comedies now. I'm such a fucking party pooper. I just don't watch comedies. I don't go see them. Game Night is fucking next level. It's great. Good filmmaking. Great cast. Really funny. Do you know what Game Night did for me? What did it do for you? I was like, oh, shit. I need to see all R-rated studio horror that comes out. I watched Blockers. It was okay. I went to the theater and watched Tag. How <laughs> was that? Not- you know, I didn't mind Tag. No, I'll I, never watch that fucking movie again, but I didn't mind Tag. Go ahead. I will not see Tag, but I absolutely love Game Night. There's a Danzig song in Tag, so that was tight. Please give us your All number right, two. All right, my number two, this is non-horse, so let's, I'll make it quick. You're, feel free to yell at me, everyone out there. My number two, I felt like had to be Solo, A Star Wars Story. Now, I know this movie's not great, but this is my favorite list. May I make the gagging noise now? Go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> Do ahead, it, pussy. Nah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so Solo, A Star Wars Story, not a great film, uh, but happens to be number two and my number one. Uh, the reason that we're really doing this is so I can explain Annihilation is my number one favorite film of the year. It's my favorite film of any film. It's my favorite over horror. Annihilation is my favorite film of the year, and I did not put it on my horror list. Uh, you probably could if Eric did. It, I, it definitely had some horror elements. For sure. If Eric put it on his list, I wouldn't argue him on it. For me, I just felt like horror... I needed 10 horror films. where yeah, like I, I mean, that interrogation scene is pretty scary. Absolutely. That and the bear scene. I, I rewatched. Well, I don't think it's spoiler. Just that's it. No, no, no. Isn't the bear scene and the interrogation scene the same scene? Or are you talking about the first time the bear attacks? Uh, I thought you were. I don't want to spoil the film. I thought okay. you were referring to an earlier time with a stomach thing. I rewatched it. I mean, yeah, I rewatched it with my mother. My mom hadn't seen it. Yeah. And uh, she had to close her eyes during the interrogation scene. Nice. It was too much for her. So I've, I've seen Annihilation like five times now. Um, I have the 4K. I fucking love the movie. It's my favorite of the year. I just felt like my list needed horror horror films, and this would have been I include I would have had to explain why I included it, and I did not want to have to have films that I needed to explain, you know. So it's my number one of the year, but it's not horror for me. So, uh, but I loved it. So I felt like if uh, you haven't seen Annihilation, this yeah, is your definitely. calling card. Go fucking watch that movie. And I, I feel like we definitely both <laughs> just included films that we liked. Yeah. But they were shit upon everybody else. Yes. I thought it'd be fun to see what they have on Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. Uh, so, Solo. Go ahead. Okay, this is this is just bullshit. We're talking movies. Yeah. I wish we could just talk movies. We're talking movies. I, I'm, I'm saying, like, in general. Okay. Oh, it's got a 70. What? It, uh, it's, it's Rotten Tomatoes score. Okay. And Pacific Rim has, like, a 46. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a piece of shit movie. Fuck you, dog! Okay, no. okay, let's go on. Let's keep going. All right, so yeah, my number one is Annihilation. Your number one is... Mission Impossible. And those are so our badass. favorite non-horror films. Uh, I love Mission Impossible Fallout. I just felt like I wanted to rise up game night because I love that could, movie. Could Mission Impossible be your number four? Yes, absolutely. Okay. 100%. Um, so those are our top three non-horror. Uh, I think that's it for... And then we could get to our fucking honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, dog. Hit me with your first one. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so I've picked this to be my first honorable mention I need to say, cause I want to start the podcast off with a bang. I want you to scream and yell at me. I want everybody to hate me instantly before we even talk any film from this year. Okay. So my, I, mean, I already hate you period. First honorable mention. Are you ready? Eric? Yep. Is, uh, it's Mandy. 
So M- Mandy, Mandy's one of my honorable mentions as well. Really? Yep. Holy shit, that blows my mind. Um, Did you think I was going to have it high yes, up? Yeah. Yep. So Mandy is that that's insane. My mind is blown. I thought everyone happy has, I did. Everyone has this on this top, on their top ten for sure. And I thought it was good. For I sure. liked it. There's gore. It's stylish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it didn't speak to me at all. What What about you, Eric? Um, there was parts where I was just kind of like, "What the fuck is this?" Like for for example, like the animated shit where like the naked girl pulls yeah. out like that beast's heart, and it's like a like a diamond or something. Yeah, there was like moments like that where I was like, "Ah!" And yeah, there was like moments when like the cult leader's just like talking, and like the part when he just like undresses, and I was just like, "Yeah." I'm I'm fine with male nudity, but I was just like, Edoc's not having this right now. Yeah, so uh, a shout out to Andrew. He lets us use his podcast equipment, but um, he hasn't seen Mandy yet, at least when I was speaking to him. But I was trying to explain to him like why it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I thought it was really artsy. And as I said that, I thought, well, I really like artsy films. Mm-hmm. So what? how did this what not w- you off? work for me? And, and I, I was trying to work through it. And I think Andrew was the one who said, um, he, he says, but I was trying to explain it. I said it's more like a like a side of a metal van or like heavy metal um, fantasy artsy, right. not the sort of artsy I like. And he said, "So is it like psychedelic?" And I said, "Yes." yes. I said, "And I am not into stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not against it or anything. It's just not my thing. I love art in film. I love artsy films. But for me, this was more." You know, I'm not a fantasy guy at all. Right. I don't really like fantasy. And I felt like this had a lot of fantasy elements. For and sure. it was more like, oh, let's turn the black light on and look at this Bob Marley poster. Mm-hmm. That's what this felt like to me. And that is not really what appeals to me. On the other hand, there's a lot of great gore at the end. Nick Cage yes. is great in it. He's Fa- fantastic. Fantastic performance. This is a really good movie. My shirt! How good is my yes. shirt? Just didn't appeal to me really what's funny was uh, melissa told me she started it and stopped it yeah and i was like yes it's very unconventional yeah and she's like okay maybe i'll watch it again now that i know that yeah um i i think i think it's not a challenging film no it's, not it's at not, all it's not under not the all. skin definitely not which um, which by the way i absolutely good. love under the skin um this should have been one of my faves same I mean, here i mean it's like it's like crazy, like LSD, like Cinnabite biker that are kind of like monsters, and it's Nick Cage going crazy. But for some reason, yeah, it just didn't click with me. I, th- I think you hit another part in there that doesn't appeal to me, like the LSD sort of. I thought that was up to it. I did not. I just didn't appeal to me at all. I thought that was a fun backstory for the bikers. How oh, like yeah. they did a bad batch of LSD, so now they're constantly yeah tripping. Um, you I know, thought I, that was fun. I love his weapon. I love the chainsaw fight. The chainsaw fight. I love whenever like the dude who he's fighting, like when his chainsaw is revealed, he's like pulling it from behind a rock and yeah. it's just like longer and longer and longer. I love that Richard Brake is in this film. I love Richard Brake. Me too. He's like, he's like kind of our guy for whatever reason, but it's just, I liked it. You know, I'm like, this is cool. And then oh, it, what about the, like the, like Richard Brake scene and like the tiger, like yeah. there's shit in there. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And again, maybe I, I just need a second viewing. Maybe. And maybe again, I think it's more like the fantasy elements, you know, that type of, it just doesn't appeal to me. I'm not sure, right. but I liked it. I, I feel like this it's, movie. And I want to say this is in my honorable mentions. Uh, so I liked it. I did not love it. I, I'm going to regret saying this. Definitely say it. Then. I'm, I'm going to regret saying this. I feel like this is for people who maybe aren't a hundred percent into horror. Sure. And it's like a cool, it's like a movie that they could like brag about. Sure. Edgy. 
Right. There you go. Perfect. But I, I you it's know, a cool film. It's a good I, film. I, I like it. But I definitely, yeah. I definitely don't want to reduce it to that. I think it is good. What I, what I want to say is, it's not. I did not think Mandy was for me. I'm saying. Anybody who's a sophomore in high school that saw this movie probably thinks they're the coolest. For sure. Yeah. They probably think they're the coolest dudes right now. And maybe if we were sophomores in high school. We it would be, be our be. number one probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, You know, I was just talking about Annihilation. That film speaks to me. That film is made for me. Literally made for me. Mandy is not made for me. Right. It does not speak to me. But I did like it. It is on my honorable mentions. Oh, fuck. It is on my honorable mentions. Yep. So that's Mandy. We like it. Okay, Eric, let's do another one. Go ahead. Honorable mention. I thought this was going to be on the top 10, but unfortunately, it's just an honorable mention. I'm talking about Hellfest. And I don't oh, know, wow. Okay, cool. And I don't understand why motherfuckers are finding Hellfest so difficult. It's a fucking straight up gory slasher. Yeah, so uh, Hellfest is an honorable mention for me. Great. Uh, I I just revisited it. I think it still works. Um it's a fun idea. Yeah. It's kids. They go to a Halloween themed uh, amusement park. Like haunted a, house area. Yeah. There's a bunch of haunted houses and there's a dude in there literally killing kids. Yes. Um, and he's just like kids. We mean teenagers. And he just like picks them at random. Uh, there's a, with a mask with a mask. Right. Uh, there's a fantastic moment sort of early in the scene, uh, film, excuse me, where our protagonist sees him kill a girl. Uh huh. And she thinks that it's just part of one of the haunted houses. Part of the show. Yeah. I fucking love that. that yeah. That's so good. I love that he's a slow walking uh, stalker uh, killer. I love how he manages to keep up with the kids yep. even though they're constantly moving, running. Um, not a ton of gore, but what's there is present. Yes. Um, there's a Zarface song in it. I really, really like Hellfest. Yes. When I first, when, as I was watching it for the first time, I was like, uh-oh. Your dog might have a new number one. Eric Eric said he might have liked it more than Halloween. Now Halloween wasn't out yet. This is true. He this, was he was worried. He said, "Oh God, what this, if I this like this like, more?" Th- this was like three weeks before right. Halloween twenty eighteen. Halloween dropped. hype was in full effect. Um, I will say this. Okay, Hellfest and both Halloween two thousand eighteen. Yeah, both suffer from a third act stalking sequence. Sure. Uh, I can't encourage Hellfest anymore yeah i'm not so it's my honorable mention as well i really like i'm Hellfest. so glad it's an honorable mention yeah of your stuff. for sure i really liked it i love that we saw it in theater in carlsbad in our little town right exactly and there's you know some good gore shots it's a stalking slasher i felt like it was a you know i'm not trying to reduce it but i really felt like it was a great precursor to halloween coming out right like it got me fucking pumped um so i really like the film i'm not gonna buy it i don't want to own it i don't and i'm not trying to shit on it it's just I liked it, but I don't love that film or anything. So it's an honorable mention. Hellfest is good. If you haven't seen Hellfest, just rent that movie. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. So that's Hellfest. That is Hellfest. Okay. Yeah. My next honorable mention. Hit me with another. Is a film uh, that I feel bad about putting on my honorable mentions because, oh, so remember here, these are our favorites, not the best. Right. Everything here is stuff we like just because we're idiots or whatever appealed to us. This couldn't be more uh, subjective. Exactly. So this is not, we're not saying these are the best. We're saying these are the films we liked the most. Correct. And here's a film I really liked, tried to get onto my list, didn't make it. So that film is Ghost Stories. Oh, okay. I really, really like Ghost Stories. I love Ghost Stories. Everyone is putting it on their list. Everyone loved it. I liked it a lot. I just liked the films on my 
my top 10 more. It was about to sneak in as my number 10, but my number 10, I will explain to you. I like more, but Ghost Stories is fucking really good. It's um, a lot of fun. I was under the impression this was like an anthology film, but it's really not. It really has a through Three line. Three different stories, no? It is, but the main character becomes involved in some of the stories. Okay. So to me, it's like, well, if we're going with our main character to these other stories, then it's not anthology. The first story I felt like was anthology. That one's scary. Yes, it is. It's such a good setup. Do you want yes. to explain what the setup is? I'd rather you. You're, okay. you're better at this. Uh, this motherfucker has made a living... Uh, disproving paranormal activity. Yes. And there's this dude he looks up to who has gone missing. And there's a really great point uh, early in the film when he says he thinks it's funny that this man who he idolizes, who also had a career disproving paranormal activity, would become a mystery himself. Yes. And all of a sudden, uh, our main character receives a package from this man saying, uh, these are three cases that he could never disprove. Yes. And I got chill saying that for some reason. Um, and so our main character sets out to try to disprove yes. these three because cases. Because he doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't believe any of this is real, right. which I can sort of sympathize with. So I was on this journey with this guy. And I love his motivation for wanting to disprove it. You learn that his father was super religious. Yeah. And you learn that religion broke his family yep. up. And so I thought that that was a terrific idea of that's what motivated him to set out that there is no great beyond. Yeah. There's this great, uh, I'll, I'll talk this on ghost stories and then we can move on. Okay. But in the first story that Eric was saying was scary. Um, there's this incredible sequence with this, this guy who is, uh, works late night at a factory. He's like a factory watchman. So all the lights are off in this factory. And it's like this abandoned, creepy ass factory. Abandoned, creepy. Just picture abandoned, creepy ass factory. This is giving me chills for some reason. Kind, kind of out of lights out in a way, the opening of lights out. That's what it really reminded me of. And there's this, uh, something keeps unplugging his generator. So he right. keeps having to turn his generator back on and plug it back in and stuff. Um, so the lights are turning off and coming back on. Actually really similar to lights out. And uh, there's this one shot that really haunted me. And the film even reveals the shot not to be as scary as it is. And I won't explain what it is, but there's this one shot where he looks over into this distance and he points his, his, his flashlight. And there's this like creepy ass, like woman sitting in on like a bed and like moving around and looking at him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I was like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, this is terrifying. Ultimately sort of, I feel like Peter's out a little bit doesn't ultimately I feel like could have been way scarier. I would almost say the I feel like it's a re, it, it holds back a little bit. I was going to say the resolution for each story uh, story doesn't quite capture right. uh the power of how each story starts. I definitely agree. But there but I just wanted to bring it up because there's this one shot I'll just say it turns out it has to do with the mop, something with a mop. And uh, he he finally sees this thing, um, but there's this terrifying shot. Like I've never seen something shot like that. I was squinting at my. I'm si I sit right in front of my TV. I was squinting at my TV, going, "What the fuck?" I really felt like I was with him. It felt immersive because they didn't light whatever this thing was he was looking at at all. Like it was barely lit, and I was looking at it, going, "What the fuck is that?" And I was getting shivers, and I, um, 
very, very good filmmaking, especially in that first uh, scene. I think it's really good, the first story. Ultimately, just didn't make my list. Ghost Stories is fucking great. Everyone out there knows that. It's making everyone's list. It sounds like it might have made your list. Unfortunately, it didn't, but I oh, loved cool. Ghost Stories. Yeah, Ghost Stories is really, really good. Uh, um, I, I definitely don't miss Ghost Stories. That film is so good and so scary, in my opinion. I'm creeped out about us talking about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely if you're... Um, it's on Hulu. That's actually how oh, I watched cool. it. If you have Hulu, do not miss Ghost Stories. It's really good. It's scary. Turn it on. You'll have a blast. It's just like... You, and you, you said this. It's just good filmmaking, period. Oh, it's really good filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I was shocked by this moment I'm talking about where you can see something, you're not sure what you're seeing, and you're trying to figure out if you're seeing what you think you're seeing, and it's fucking terrifying you. It's awesome. Um, and what's wild, it was like... Originally, it was like a stage play. Yeah, and that's crazy. turned it into a film. Yeah. yeah, Ghost Stories is awesome. Great, great film. Uh, my notes for Ghost Stories. Great film, extremely well made. Didn't elevate to favor for me, but a great all caps fucking movie. So, Ghost Stories. Eric, what's your next honorable mention? Uh, my next one is Incident in a Ghostland. Okay, cool. Um, I will talk Incident in Ghostland, but okay. please proceed. Um, I feel like this is a film that probably could have snuck into my top 10 if I'd given it um, another... Uh, watch uh this is a film we talked at length uh, yes. last episode so i'll keep this brief we don't know how to say his name uh pascal, pascal. i'll do it look weary le i don't know how to say his name um this is a home invasion film director of martyrs correct uh would you call martyrs a home invasion film the first half the first half uh so incident in a ghost line is a home invasion uh film that has a gut punch um in the story, in the middle of the film. Yep. Um, so I was super uh, into that whenever that's revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely an oh shit uh, moment for me. Um, this is definitely a type of films E-Dog is into. Um, I yeah. Guess, I guess just because of the violence. And I love a twist. I love a story that's going to keep me uh, on my uh, yep. on the edge. Um very good. It sounds like it made your list. It did. So uh, I'll stop there with uh, just saying it was just an honorable mention for yeah, me. Yeah, we'll definitely talk it. Um, yeah. Incident in Ghostland. Honorable hit, mention. Hit me with another honorable mention, Doc. Okay. So, um, you know, I feel bad about all of these now. So here we go. Uh, Mom and Dad. Okay. So good. So I really like Mom and Dad. Uh, just ultimately didn't make my list, but it's a blast. It's so well made. It shockingly has points to make. It's actually about something. It's a metaphor for, you know, basically getting old, having kids, and your life being ruined. Correct. Um, and I really... I don't even have kids, and I feel my life, like my life is ruined because I'm old. Same here. So it's about getting old, but then especially having kids and how your life ends when you have kids, which is obviously not exactly what happened. You have kids, and you have, you know, you raise them. It's great. Right. But you... you air quotes, love them. <laughs> yeah. It's, quote, unquote, awesome right. or whatever um clearly keegan and i do not have kids <laughs> that's right but i but i really like that metaphor it really hit home for me because um that is something that i'm concerned about when i have kids uh right. that you know you basically can't go anywhere you can't do anything you, you just have to raise your kids you you get put on the back burner yeah while you raise your kids which they're more important than you which i agree with but again that's kind of why i'm afraid uh kids. nick cage fantastic in destroying this a pool table in a misfit shirt is yes. easily one of my favorite uh, scenes of 2018. Yeah, him and Selma Blair actually sold the film for me. Duh, that scene in the hospital with the newborn? Yeah. That's some wild shit. I yeah. was like worried watching that scene. Yep. Uh, we often talk on this podcast about uh, children, children in peril. In peril, right? And uh, this film has, that's the whole film. Um, <laughs> right. 
It's I, and it's also very uh, zombie-ish, like the way the uh, parents act. It is uh, my favorite line from the film, which is the only note that I wrote for mom and dad is "saws all." So my favorite saws all saws all. So they say it was why do they call it a saws all, honey? Because it saws oh. all. Um, there's a lot of really fun humor when the it's it's funny because what the, what mom and dad is is there's this moment that happens where parents want to kill their kids. That's Correct. it. That's the film. Parents, and that's probably true. In like life in general. Right. And it, I'm not saying parents act on it. No, but of course not. There may be a moment where they're just like, motherfucker. It, it reminded me of the same thing that is the Babadook is about, which okay. is like trying to like uh, grapple with having children. Uh, but mom and dad is like up to 11. God, I think that's it, some heavy ass shit. It's directed by Brian Taylor, which he's one of the, the crank guys. The crank guys, right? I so, love how his action is very stylized. Yes. And um, it's definitely uh, on display. Yes. And mom and dad. So mom and dad, everything's turned up to a million. Uh, Nick Cage and Selma Blair want to kill their kids. Um, so I just really liked how they were like witty while they want to kill their kids because this could have easily been they're insane, they're foaming at the mouth, they're sort of zombies wanting to kill their kids. Mm-hmm. They're witty as fuck. The right. the, the you know the two main characters who want to kill their kids are like hilarious. Uh, they're they're like laughing, having a good time, trying to get to their kids, right? Uh, trying to convince them to come out of this basement so they can kill them. Uh, mom and dad is really good. Uh, Correct. Did it make your list? Uh, did, did, it unfortunately did not. Okay, so mom and dad, great honorable mention. This is also on Hulu, um, and it's a lot of fun. It's an hour and twenty minutes. It's a blast, and I I thought it was cool that this the film a film that I thought was just going to be dumb fun did have sort of a metaphor that was trying to get across, which I'm assuming Brian Taylor, whoever this writer is, I'm not sure who wrote it, probably has kids and probably feels this way at times. I feel like on, on the surface, it would be easy to dismiss mom and dad. Oh yeah. But uh, no, it's, no, it's legit. I mean, if you watch it and pay attention, you know, I mean, it really hit home. I'm like, I don't have kids, but I'm like, fuck man. Like I feel bad for these people, but this is how life goes. So mom and dad, I really liked it. Uh, Just didn't make my list. So what's so your next we're one? We're just doing five honorable mentions, right? So I got two more. Sure. Okay. Uh, next one is Cam. Uh, okay. This... Didn't see it. Oh, okay. So this was a, uh, is another one we've already talked about too. We talked about last episode. Yeah. This was a Blumhouse Netflix film about a girl who works for a pornographic site where yes. she performs on uh, her camera. This is live. Where, herself. Right. Where men uh, go and they or pay women. her. This is true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Identities aren't really revealed. That's true. They all have like goofy ass like handles um, where they pay her and suggest her. Like Eric Cruz uh, 138. Fuck you, da! Uh, to perform various sexual acts and non-sexual acts as well. Uh, you learn that a lot of times she's like puts on a performance. Okay. Um, like she's acting for the people. Correct. Sure. Um Somehow, uh, a doppelganger of her uh, is created and starts performing in her place. But does stuff that she has rules that she doesn't do on camera, but this doppelganger starts doing the things she doesn't do on camera. Anyway, correct. You know what one of my pet peeves is? I listened is? to you on this one. I want to see it. You know what one of my pet peeves is? Uh, people accusing me of shit I did not do. Oh, absolutely. That's the worst. So this kind of like really hit home with me of like that idea. And like, and then this is taken to like an extreme. Yeah. Because not only uh, was, you know, just this is just some like bullshit example of like, I didn't put up my tubs, uh, you know, at the office, mail tubs because I, I did. This is, uh, no, 
you're masturbating in a in a fucking public library. Right. You know, so it's like taking up to a fucking um, extreme. Yes. Eric it's, works for the uh, United States Postal Service. That's incorrect. I work for a live cam porn site. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish you did. That'd be great. That'd be weird. Absolutely would be weird. No, be that's the, the joke. It'd, it'd be this weird secret identity of... It wouldn't surprise me to find out that you did, though. Is that what you're telling me? Is this a revelation yeah, I'm live finally, on the podcast? I'm finally revealing. He's that, coming yeah. out as yes. a cam girl. So she sets out to stop her doppelganger. Yes. The identity of identity theft is fucking terrifying. The idea Absolutely. of being accused of something that you didn't do is frustrating. And I just felt like I was rooting for this girl the entire time to fix this shit. Yeah. Um, so your description of this on the last podcast stressed me out so bad. I watched my next honorable mention instead because I didn't want to be stressed out. Please give us your next honorable mention. So that mention. was Cam. This was Cam. My next honorable mention I watched instead of Cam. Uh, will you eventually watch Cam? I will. Okay. My next film is, it's an honorable mention from me. I feel bad about it because I thought this film was great. I felt like Uh-oh. you undersold it a little bit. This is called The Night Eats the World. I didn't like it that much. I really, really liked The Night Eats the World. Lay it on me, G. I thought this was fucking great. I I didn't look at my phone once. I was entranced in this story of trying to figure out. um, So The Night Eats the World, Eric explained it last episode. I will make it quick. A guy comes to a, a house party, this party in this apartment building, to get some of his old stuff from his ex-girlfriend's house. Uh, she tells him to wait. He gets tired of waiting. He goes to find the stuff. He's drunk a little bit. He locks the door in this office at this apartment party and falls asleep. He wakes up in the morning, and the zombie apocalypse is in full swing when he wakes up. Correct. So everything from then on is him trying to navigate the uh, apartment complex with zombies in it, trying to kill them, trying to clear rooms, trying to get he, something he keeps track of. Yes. And then trying to find supplies and food and things like that. So for most of the film, he's simply trying to stay alive. Eventually another character arrives in the film and that is where I will leave it. So the night eats the world. I just thought this was really fucking good. You know what I thought was real heavy? What? Uh, there's a zombie trapped in a lift. Yes. And he has nobody to talk to. So he does his best to try to make friends with yeah the zombie that's stuck in the lift. Yeah. I, I, I love films that sort of make you feel sort of make, well, no, they, the... they make you think how you would do in this, in this situation. There's a part where he goes to shake the zombie's hand and I was like, fuck yeah. that. Well, there's a part where he tries to, yeah, okay. So for instance, there's this part where he's, a, he sees a cat in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and he wants to capture the cat because he's been by himself for months. Mm-hmm. He has no one to talk to, nothing to do. And he's bored. I mean, imagine just being stuck in an apartment building with, uh, I think he has electricity, but no TV, no. So he's reading books, just walking around doing nothing. All I love day. when he finds the drum set. Yes, that was awesome. Every yes. day, uh, all day, doing nothing. So he sees this cat and thinks, oh, I can make this cat my friend. Um, but he has the idea to go out and get the cat. And shit goes and terrible. And shit goes horribly wrong. And I'm like, dude, why'd you fucking go outside to get that cat? I mean, I wouldn't have done that. I, I wouldn't have done that either, but I almost kind of feel like that's something you think you would do. Yeah. Like if I was in that situation and I saw a dog, I'd be like, yeah, we need to go get that fucking dog. No, I would I actually do it. Probably not. And and this is what I'm trying to get out with a film like this. I liked the idea of like, would I do that? Would I go get the cat? And here's the thing. I like cats. I thought, man, he should get that cat. And then as soon as it went wrong, I'm like, why the fuck did he go get the cat? Right. Um, I love procedural type stuff where you can sort of follow a character through, you know, 
what what should he do next should he find oh i need to find food i need to take a bath it's cold how do i stay warm um i really liked this film did it make my top 10 really wanted to the night eats the world it's on amazon prime Correct. um i'm saying 100 percent recommended from me the night eats the world is really good just didn't make my top 10 so eric what's your next one you know what bums me out is there were so many zombie films maybe not a ton but none of them made my list. Yeah. I watched every one thinking this is going to be E-Dog's new favorite. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, my last one is Apostle. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't even put Apostle around. It, doesn't, it is horror. I just didn't really include it in my stuff. Apostle's great. Period? In my honorable man? No, I, it's not on my stuff. Oh, wow. I would have, if I had a guess, I would have pegged you had Apostle on your list. No. Okay. I like Apostle a lot. Uh, I like Apostle a lot too, but obviously it's, not enough to make it my It has 10. that Netflix problem where it's a little too long and doesn't it, it, make it, sense it, it why is, it's too long. It is lengthy. Um, I would almost describe it though as epic. For sure. Um, if you cut 20 minutes off Apostle, it would be like one, it would definitely be one of the best movies of the year. You know, I feel guilty. I feel kind of dumb saying this. Um, this is a film that we've already talked about, but I guess that's the case with all of these. Oh, films for sure, because we've watched all these that, films. That's this why. Year. So we're briefly sort of recap, explain what it right. is, and then if you like it, I'm right. Uh, Apostle stars Dan Stevens. This is like the Puritan times. Is that yeah. fair? Good looking ass Dan Stevens. Uh, good looking ass Dan Stevens. Uh, the guest. Yes. Um, there are these three men directed by the guy that directed the raid. Is it Gareth or Garth? It's Gareth. Give me, I, you know what? This gives me another chance to shout out Timo Tijanto. Okay, VHS 2. There's a segment yes. directed by, what'd you say his name was? His name is Gareth Evans. Evans. Who Not did? Edwards. Did I say Edwards one nope, time? Nope, nope. Okay. Gareth Evans. Gareth Edwards directed uh, Godzilla. Oh, Gareth one. Evans directed The Raid and The Raid 2 and Apostle. That's right. And what I was going to say was, uh, he, there's a segment in VHS 2. Uh, directed by Gareth Evans. That's right. About a suicide. Um, there's a group of people who are in a cult. suicide cult. Perfect. Thank you. No problem. It's fire. It's my favorite segment of VHS2. Co-written by Timo Tajanto. Okay. Apostle, though, yeah. is uh, Dan Stevens' Puritan era. There's these three men. Dan Stevens isn't one of them. Yes. They uh, wash ashore. Great fucking cast. A island uh, that they learn there's some magical shit going on that basically allows them to thrive, to live on this island. Yes. But they're basically a cult. Yes. Themselves. And uh, Dan Stevens' daughter, off the top of my head, I'm forgetting how she ends up there, but she's being held captive. Thought, oh, they're holding her ransom. I thought it was her sister. What did I say? Dan Stevens' daughter. Excuse me. It's her you're, sister. You're his right. sister, right? You're right. It's yeah. his sister. Um, she's I was like, be- did I see the whole film wrong? You're you're right. Yeah. It's his, his sister. Go ahead. She's being held ransom by these three men because whatever is uh, causing the island to thrive is just kind of like over it. Yeah. And so he goes to try to rescue his daughter. Uh, that doesn't initially go according uh, to plan. And it turns into some crazy, like, torture and monster violence. Yeah, nutso. I mean, legitimately And that's what shit. E-Dog is there for. But yeah. again, it's a little long. Way too long. It's a little long. Um, 
But Apostles tight. Apostles really especially because it's just like on Netflix and it's absolutely like, it's like put this on if you got four hours to kill. I'm joking. It's not Dude. that long, but uh, it's really fucking good, man. Yeah, I, I'm I'm, with you. I'm super surprised it's not on your list. I you know. I just didn't think of it really as for my horror list. You know, it is a genre film. It basically is horror. It just didn't really think about it for her, my genre. I thought like, oh, is Hold the Dark? Is Apostle? No, they're not really on my list. So I didn't include them. But I love Apostle. I think it's really good. Um, just too long. That's the only, It's the only issue. The, the film is really good. Do you have any other honorable mentions? I here? have one more. And this, right is, on this is my number 11. So we have a top 10 list, right? My number 11 is a film I really wanted to put on my list. Just I really like the films on my list. And it is called, uh, you spoke a lot about this movie. Uh, I feel like I should have saw it before. Okay. I I'm think very interested. This is one of the best movies of the year. Blew my mind. Incredible direction. Can't wait to see what this guy does next. It is called Downrange. Oh, Downrange, uh, Downrange is on my list. Yes. Okay. I'm so happy you like Downrange because whenever you texted me yeah. after you watched it, you said, Great pick, LOL. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he didn't like it. No, no. Because you're asking me, what what should you be yeah. watching? I was asking Eric, like, hey, there's some stragglers. What left in, in 2018 do I need to I'm see? I'm so happy you like Downrange. Downrange, I Fuck mean, yeah. gripped me. I thought Fuck yeah. Downrange is absolutely one of the best movies of the year. I mean, I would tell anyone. Like, I want to go show. I'm so happy you liked it, dude. I want to go show my brother and his wife. Like, I'm like, I got to show them Downrange. Because the moment you click play, you're fucked. Right. You just got to go until this movie fucking finally stops. Mm -hmm. um, so downrange, very quickly. Eric is going to talk it. Uh, yes. We'll just wait. Actually, we'll just wait, and I will talk it then as well. So I love downrange. Just didn't make my list. We'll talk it soon. Um, the only other thing that I'm I... I'm so happy you like downrange. The only other thing I want to throw out here is... Hit me with your best shot. So this is going to be... This, you're going to be mad. Come on! All right, so okay. I, I watched 40, 50 minutes of Terrifier. Okay. I didn't finish Terrifier. Really? I'm period. I, no, I was planning on it. I had something else. I, something came up. I had to leave. Let me stop you real quick. Okay. You're talking about Art the Clown? Or are you talking Art about, the Clown? Are you talking about that Spanish ghost movie, Terrified? Art the Clown. Okay. Um, I thought the first 40 minutes of Terrifier were fucking great. I thought, uh, let's talk it when. Are we going to talk it again? We're going to talk it again. All right, great. So let's move on to our top 10 of the year. I think that's it, right? That's let's fine. just do it. Yep. And do you, do you want to go first? I don't give a fuck. I'll, give, I'll go first. All right, Eric, what is your number 10 film of 2018? I'm very excited. This is very exciting to me. Uh, regardless of the pod, I cannot wait to hear your top 10. Can Can I just say, can I just like uh, briefly summarize? You can my, do whatever you want, Eric. I'm going to just briefly summarize uh, my list. Um, I guess 2018 was the year of the slasher for me because my number 10 is Jen Wexler's The Ranger. Nice. Uh the Ranger is about a group of kids who are hiding out in a cabin from the law, and there is a deranged park ranger picking them off. Yes. I'm dying um, to see this film. I really think you'll like it when you I do see it. I can't wait to see it. Um, it kind of checks marks like a bunch of personal things for me. Uh, the punk aspect. Uh, my father was in the park service for 40 plus years. Okay. And so just that idea of having a park ranger villain, I thought was a neat idea just because a park ranger was something that I lived with right. uh, for so long. Uh, Larry Fessenden has a cameo. It's just a solid slasher uh, with gore. It's a fun setting being, or I guess it's a setting we've seen plenty of times in a uh, slasher, uh, the woods. It's mean spirited, uh, right? It's mean spirited. Yep. And, um, I guess that's kind of why I liked it so much. It was familiar territory. Right. That's awesome. That is uh, the Ranger. 
Yeah, I. What uh, sucks is uh, you have to order the blue like specifically like from the distributor, and uh, I just got a DVD copy from Walmart. Actually, uh, Melissa bought that for me. Yeah, a shout out. Yep. Uh, I really want to see this. You know, a couple nights ago, I thought, Do I, am I going to drive to Redbox and fucking rent this? Because for whatever reason, it's exclusive to Amazon or no, uh, to Walmart. And Redbox, really Pretty much. I mean, you might be able to get the DVD, but at least before the DVD dropped, you told it me. It was only Redbox. Eric had to go to Redbox and pick it up. It was weird. It was like exclusive of Redbox for like a month. I watched it Thanksgiving Day, and it had dropped like that Tuesday. Yeah. Like the week of Thanksgiving. And then just like a week or two ago, it finally came out on DVD. And as you might know, I hate Redbox, so I didn't want to deal I've with it. I've never used Redbox, but it seems convenient. It's annoying. Uh, like Melissa has the app. Easy barely has a debit card. This is true. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll suggest a movie. Yeah. And she'll be like, let me see if it's available. And then she can like reserve it on the app. Yeah. And I'm like, pick it up. Yeah. My main problem is they mostly have DVDs. They have very few Blu-rays. Oh, so that is why I hate it. Uh, I guess if I'm ranting, I'm not watching 480p. Give a fuck. I hate Give a fuck. Demon go. Give a fuck. Demon go. Fuck you. Okay. I hate 480p. So is that it for the Ranger? Or fuck. That is for the Jim Wexlers. The Ranger. Nice. So. Right on me, Don. What's your number 10? I wish I could talk it with you. I'm dying to see the Ranger. Very excited to see it. Especially your review both times has got me really excited. I shit you not. I was. I think it was last night. I was like. Should I go to Redbox and pick up the Ranger? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to. So my number 10 is a film that will probably be on your list. So here it is. My yeah, number Reggie. 10 is Netflix's The Ritual. Nice. Not so, on my list. Okay. So The Ritual uh, really fucking worked for me. Um, this is uh, 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 David Bruckner. Correct. This is David Bruckner. The Signal. That's right. The Signal, as well as a great segment in Southbound, which I absolutely love Southbound. Um, he was pegged to do uh, Friday the 13th at one point. Never Wasn't he to supposed it. to do the snow Friday the 13th? He was 13th? supposed to do the snow Friday the 13th. Motherfucker. Um, so anyways, The Ritual is this Netflix film that you guys probably all have heard of. But I'll make it quick. A uh, group of friends are planning on t- doing a trip. They apparently have a thing where they do a trip every year. Um I think it's okay to say what happens in the very beginning. Because it puts the action in motion. Yeah, so one of the characters, one of the friends dies uh, while they're planning the trip. So they decide to do the trip he wanted to do while he's right. dead in memory and memoriam uh, of him, which is hiking these mountainous areas in Sweden or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, out somewhere uh, yonder. And uh, so they go out and set out to hike. Um, but the film really hinges on the main character's guilt for not trying to help the friend as he was killed in this robbery. So that's really what the film is. This, this friend is now broken as a person because he feels so bad because he let his friend die and he didn't try to help. That's really what the ritual is. What I thought made the ritual stand apart from other we got lost hiking movies yeah. is like how they keep making a point to like how close yeah. the city that they're staying in is. It feels like it's right there. But... They still managed to get lost. But I, yeah. I was into that. I thought that that was a cool change of pace. I desperately for, you know, I really like these characters. I really especially like the main character um, and the main other guy. There's two main guys. But the main character, I sort of identi- I identified with him easily because I felt horrible for him. Here he is watching a robbery happen and his friend being killed. But then now it's his fault. The friend died, even though he might have died too if he tried to help. You know, is right. that, that whole thing. So... It's funny, I've talked a lot about the ritual, but I haven't even mentioned 
they go out into the forest and there's a monster in the forest. Right. So that is what the ritual is. But I really, really connected with this story of guilt. Uh, mm. uh, I think I connect with a lot of stories of guilt. Are you surprised? Um, especially being raised Catholic. But I love uh, this main character. I love what he's going through trying to deal with this issue, you know, feeling so horrible. But then ultimately this monster is really cool, really awesomely designed. Um, I was worried thinking I set my expectations really low when I finally did watch the ritual because I'd heard so much about it. And I thought, you know, this monster can't be as cool as people say. Um, I bet they don't show it a lot. I was wrong. It's fucking awesome. Go ahead, Eric. I'm afraid I'm going to disagree with you. Go that, ahead. That was sort That's of, what this podcast is for. That was sort of my problem with the ritual. Oh, I wasn't yeah. into the monster. I feel like your problem with everything is we didn't see the monster enough. A dog's like monster, monster guy. For sure. Um, what's funny is I spent the whole first half of this review explaining how much I liked stuff that had nothing to do with the monster. Right. Um, because I feel like that's what the film is. That's what monsters make or break. For sure. For E-Dog. But I really liked the monster. I set my expectations really low and, and it blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. There's also really incredible filmmaking of like, there's this moment where he's running from the monster, but he's having like a flashback of the friend dying. And then there's this, there's this part where he's running through the forest and like, part of the convenience store that that the friend died in like is there in the forest and Mm. he's like running through it um because he's like thinking it's hard to explain incredible filmmaking um david bruckner is the shit i feel like he's he should be like mike flanagan um he's such a great director so the ritual is my number 10 i loved the ritual um eric that comes to your number nine i'm confident i may be the only motherfucker to have this film on their end of the year list uh, I am talking about. I almost feel dumb saying it. I can't wait. But I really, really uh, enjoyed this movie, The First Purge. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I still haven't seen it. I feel like people just kind of it's, wrote it's, it off. Right, exactly. Um, so first of all, the idea of the purge to me is terrifying. For that, sure, that idea that anybody could do whatever we, they fucking want for dead. twelve hours. Exactly. Yes. Like. I immediately think of like what type of home defense do I have, and it's nothing—a fucking bike, like your fridge. Like I would be the first to go in the perch. Well, so so right idea. away, if it's they, a terrifying idea. If they idea. broke into your house, you could just bang on your wall really hard, and probably the whole ceiling would cave in. I'd just collapse on him. Kill, yeah. Well, no, or, but killing or, you in the process. Or, but or I could like set the cockroaches on him. Oh know, yeah, that's or, a good idea. Either or, or you could throw toys at him. Not so, sex toys, unfortunately. Uh, e dog likes to collect six inch figurines. <laughs> that's correct. Um, the first purge. The first purge. Okay, so the purge is already a scary idea to me. And you want to know what's funny? What's funny, Eric? I've never seen purge one through three in their entirety. What? I've gone to each purge theatrically and fell asleep. Wow. And then whenever I watched uh, the first purge, I just rented it on uh, VOD. So this is I'm a prequel. Ex- I'm the exact opposite. So I've seen those first three films. I like those films. I know you've seen them, but you fell asleep. Correct. Um, I've seen them all the way through. I like those. Uh, I feel like the purge is like it. It just rehashed every time. No, to me, the purge is like the the non horror fans horror films. Okay. Like I people that don't like horror love the purge. Okay. And I feel like. I liked the first film for its home invasion elements and for its concept, but the further into the purge they actually do, which is like out on the street, which I think is a cool idea. That's what I want from the purge. Movies. Me too. But I feel like the two that have done it weren't that great. They were okay. Okay. And, and yeah. Okay. So let me, let me tell you why E dog likes. So tell me about uh, the first, the first purge. purge. So this is a prequel, right? Uh, and you learn that it's just going to be, uh, it's a test. 
uh, it's to see if people it's will, a prequel to see if uh, the American people will go for this. And you learn that it's just going to be on Staten Island. And you learn that people who are going to participate, they're going to see a uh, there's a money uh, incentive. Like a tax refund. So they're kind of like preying on the poor. And it's also encouraged that they wear these contact lenses that people can see what they're doing. Okay. Right. And what's and what's so great about this is you learn that like nobody gives a fuck about the perch. You learn that everybody just sees it as like a chance to party. Okay. You learn, you learn that there's going to be purge uh, block parties where people can just, you know, get fucked up all right. night legally. Because everything's legal, but this is the first one, so not everyone's thinking murder. Right, exactly. Okay. Uh, there is one guy. Uh, he's referred to as Skeletor who plans to use the purge as he's going to fucking kill people. And, that is terrifying to me. And and I and he was terrifying. Uh, he has needles taped to his hand. Oh, Eric's worst nightmare. That's fucking terrifying to yeah, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, minor spoiler, he shows up to one of the Purge block parties. Sure. Um, but what I liked most about the first Purge was that it sort of has a uh, Black Lives Matter theme to it. Okay. And it turns into... Uh, these dudes kind of having to like fight off basically Nazis. Okay, cool. And I was super into seeing that and it kind of turns into like one dude fighting a bunch of them. Yeah. And it's really like kind of like intense like action. There's this scene where he's like fighting a bunch of them in a stairwell. Uh-huh. Um, and I would almost put it at like other uh, important black films of 2018, like such as Black Panther and Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. So I was just super into uh, that theme that it fit. In addition to that, I just kind of feel like, okay, so The Purge is, is, is definitely an exaggeration. Yeah. Right? But I feel like there's people who hold political offices that I certainly don't agree with. Sure. And they might enact some like scary shit. I, I think global warming is terrifying. Forgive me for speaking. Yeah. Politics. Don't light but, the world on fire here. But global warming is scary. But the purge was enough for me to uh Are request you, a mail in absentee ballot. ballot. Absentee ballot. Yeah. Like the yeah. Ver, the the first purge was that powerful enough where I was like, E Dog's gonna vote. Yeah. Because there's some crazy motherfuckers. So just like in terms of like horror, I thought it was fantastic. I think it's scary. Mm-hmm. And then for its political message, um, I was there for. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. That's awesome. I don't know if you remember the third Purge film, Election Year, uh, is laced with so much political sort of uh, metaphors and Mm -hmm. political satire. And it was funny because I remember when that film came out, so many people liked the Purge films. And a lot of people that like the Purge films may not agree with the political pieces of election year and none of them noticed. (laughs) Like, I don't know if they don't understand like metaphor or like satire or fucking anything, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was funny because I remember people like, Oh yeah. Did you see purge election year? It was good. I'm like, yeah, like it disagrees. It (laughs) it disagrees with like everything you stand for, but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I like those political aspects of, of the third film, but that sounds amazing. Right. What you described. I, I, it's it's definitely a horror film with political social commentary. Yeah. And, and fortunately it's, 
uh, political commentary that I agree with. Right. That's always nice, right? right? And that's why I liked Election Year as well. Right. But um, yeah, I need to see it. When I, you, I really liked it. You described it last time, and it was funny because one of the other films I kept hovering over while I was getting ready for this was The First Purge, mm. and it was based on your review. Um, but that's awesome. I got you to vote. You know, the Ghoul Squad approves of voting. Um, so definitely do that. But, that is uh, my number nine. Well, that's awesome. So first purge. with your nine, Doc. So my number nine, we don't have to talk a lot about. We talked a lot the last episode about. My number nine is Incident in a Ghostland. Okay. So this made my top ten. Um, I don't think this is the greatest film of all time. I do not think that at all. In fact, I would almost say my prior film, The Ritual, is probably a better movie than Incident in a Ghostland. But I was so... I like this movie more is the point. Um, I like seeing stuff like this. I feel like we don't get movies like this anymore. I felt like the level of tension. And when I say violence, Eric always says for instance, the Ghostland, you know, it's not that gory. I agree. It's not, but the violence portrayed in the film is very You're visceral. referring to brutality. Exactly. Sort of brutality and visceralness. You know, incident of Ghostland is about these um, two girls that I'll make it quick. We talked a lot about it. It's about these two girls that essentially get uh, home invaded. I'm making, I'm wrapping this quick home invaded by these, uh, this skinny person and this big fat person. I don't know how to explain it. And shit goes wrong. And, um, the film is, has an interesting narrative device. How about that? Um, so it's kind of a home invasion film, but it's very brutal. These two girls end up being uh, held captive by these people. How about that? And, uh, it's just really interesting. You know, I, I, this is a film that, again, I feel like we don't get a lot like this. I like that it's, it's narrative structure is sort of, um, playing tricks on you. I like films like that. I like that it doesn't shy away from uh, brutality, like Eric is saying. And uh, it was it was just so exciting to see a new film by this filmmaker, Pascal Laguiri, however you say his name. It's probably Laguiri or Laguiri. I don't know. He does not tell you. But, um, you know, Director of Martyrs, one of my favorite films of all time. This is not near Martyrs, but it was awesome to see him sort of return to form on like a similar you know, brutal type film with interesting narrative um, directions. Uh, And I really can't say more than that because the reason I'm being so vague is it goes crazy and there's interesting stuff in it, but I do not want to spoil it. So my number nine is Incident in Ghostland. I really like it. You know, this is, this was one of my most exciting films I watched this year. Again, I don't think it's, you know, I do not, again, I almost think The Ritual is a better film, but I liked I'm putting it at my number nine because I was so excited to see it, and I do like it quite a bit. Um, yeah, don't go in thinking it's going to be, you know, the first purge. <laughs> this is an interesting fucking movie, so it's in the Ghostland. Eric, what's your number eight? My number eight is a film that you said was one of your honorable mentions, and I am talking about Downrange. Yes, talk it, Eric. Uh, Downrange is about a group of kids. They're on a uh, lonely, isolated stretch of highway when they get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Um and you quickly learn that it's not a normal flat tire, or at least the cause for the flat tire was not normal, but that there is a sniper maybe 100 yards away who begins picking off uh, the kids. Yes. I would describe this as 100% torture porn. Okay. I, I wouldn't have thought of that, that but it makes sense. Um, it's these people stuck I, I in a situation. I would this as like a survival horror film. That's how I would have classified it i guess there's some overlap sure of course you agree because it's definitely you're thinking the entire time at least i was what the fuck are you gonna do like how the fuck are you gonna get out of i was desperate to find out how the fuck are we gonna get out of this i I, yeah i was super into whenever the kids thought of a new idea of 
How can we move? Well, and I mentioned earlier, I love procedural type films where it's like, okay, what's next? What can we do next? What's our next idea? And I was super, I love Downrange. Please, Eric, go ahead. But here's why E-Dog liked it so much. Sure. It's fucking violent. It is violent it's as fucking fuck. gory and it's fucking mean. Yes. Uh, specifically, the conclusion <laughs> to the film is so goddamn mean yes. that um, it was, it was, it was, that's what E-Dog wants. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's, there's another, how do I say this without spoiling it? Another mean part of the film, which I really don't want to spoil is, you know, they wait and see if another car comes. Right. And I won't say if another car comes, but it's very mean spirited. Um, and I love <laughs> that shit. Um, yeah, Downrange is fucking nuts, man. I, I was blown away with the way they were able to... You know, a lot of horror films have this single location idea. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. And this film sustains its 90-minute its, its runtime run run time in a single location. Right. And it, well, okay, a single location without spoilers. So I, we don't want to reveal whether they get away or not. I don't mm -hmm. know. But for the most part, you're in this one place, and this sniper has these people pinned down. They essentially hide behind the car while this sniper is waiting for them to be picked off. Right. And it just it just worked. I mean, it worked every fucking second. I couldn't wait to find out what their next idea was. I couldn't wait for them to to try the next idea. I, I kept thinking, well, a car's going to come. A car's going to come. It had me on the edge of my seat. I mean, I, I felt like I was those kids sitting there. Okay, but a car will come eventually, right? A car will come eventually, right? Um, it, it works so well. And, and it's fucking great. And unfortunately, gun violence is way too real. Sure. And I think that added to the scariness of the yeah. film. I mean, I would know, just, if I was know, in that situation, yeah. I'd just fucking die, dog. Oh, I'd be dead. I'd just walk out and be like, take me out, G. Yeah. I can't, I can't sustain this. Um, you know, I didn't even think about that that aspect of it of, well, I really, maybe we shouldn't even talk about it, but like the mass shooting idea of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it as that because I guess it was just this group of friends right. and on this road. But yeah, I guess that is true. I mean, I guess that's what we're into as like horror fans. Like we want to see kids picked off yeah. in gory fashions. But then just the but, climate of the present sure. is we certainly, live in awful times like that. Certainly reflected in um, downrange. Right. But yeah. Just to recap, Eric's talking about the gore. I mean, I'll just... Can I spoil some of the gore? How about one of the gore? It's kind of a two-parter. All right, go ahead, Eric. Okay, I'll refrain. Yeah, refrain. I don't want to... It's such... It's, so down it's range, a fun gore. Downrange is available on Shudder. Yeah, fuck yeah. And and, and this it's is... a Shudder exclusive. You know, if, if I felt like there was one film we needed to champion, I really kind of... It's not even on my list. I would say it's Downrange. I'm so happy you liked it. I loved it, man. I mean, how about this? There's a sniper... People presumably get shot by this sniper, right? Yes. <laughs> and the fucking gore is just mind blowing. Yep. Like it's. I like exclaimed at least several times. One time. Same here. I'm like, fuck. Right. I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Uh, we'll leave it at that. I remember I, I watched it with my mom, and I don't think she was quite as enthusiastic yeah. as I was about downrange. Well, so, I said earlier. I've thought about showing this to my brother and his wife. And, you know, my brother likes horror, but he's not like we us. Mm -hmm. And his wife definitely is more of like a normal person. How about okay. that? And uh, I don't know if I should show them downrange, but I want to. So downrange is fucking great. Absolutely go see that. Yes. Love downrange. That was my number eight. All right. Keegan, your number eight. My number eight is a big film. So, uh, and, you know, the fact that it's number eight should not say that I don't love this film. So, here on out, I love all these movies a lot. So my number eight, I'll say, 
is The Strangers Pray at Night. Also on my list. Okay. So I love The Strangers Pray at Night. Agreed. We have talked a lot about this film. This film would be my number one. Probably not my number one. But let's just say my number one or two. If it came out. No, if the first half of the film was better, if okay. the character setup was better, if the characters were better, I like them. It's on my list. It's my number eight. I like the characters, but I feel like it could have had stronger characters, stronger setup, stronger. It could have been a much stronger film, but the second half, go ahead, Eric. Would you agree? Sorry. Would you agree that there was almost more emphasis on the strangers? Than Absolutely. The yeah. uh, victims? But I'm just saying, like, when you watch the first Strangers, you know, you really sort of are put there and identify with Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler. Correct. And this, I'm just like, okay, whiny teenagers. Right. 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 So, and, and I like them. I like the film. I like those characters. But I feel like they, this could have been my number two, is what I'm trying to say, if they were better. Other than that, let's just say the pool scene. Uh, the pool scene is... One of the greatest scenes of 2018. Probably top three scenes of the year. Yeah. Um, and I say that, you know, there's some good scenes this year. There's uh, my... Probably my favorite scene of the year is in Annihilation, right? Um, but my number two could easily be the pool scene from this fucking movie. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, let, let's let's talk it more when we get to you because okay. you, you have it as well. Yes. But uh, Strangers Pray at Night, pool scene, Christine homages, fucking goddamn the... So the, good. The last quarter so essentially like the last half of this film is absolutely the best 30 minutes of the year and you know what's fucking badass yeah it's like 82 minutes i know but the last 30 is literally the best horror movie that came out this year right um you know there's there's music cues and let's talk about that title card that title card's great that title card's fire but like the music that they play the diegetic music that's actually like playing in the i scene love how it's and, synchronized yeah yeah uh it's so fucking good. So, Strangers Pray at Night's my number eight. Eric, what's your number seven? Number seven. Revenge. Nice. Uh, this, of course, is the rape revenge film from earlier this year. Revenge is on my list, but it's not my number seven. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll talk more than we'll get yeah, to, but I ahead. will Go ahead. speak a little on it. Uh, revenge. Rape revenge film about a woman who is raped. Yes. Um, and then she... Uh, it's three men. Uh, only one rapes her. Uh, but two do nothing about it. Right. And so she exacts her revenge on them. Um, it's a French film, so I don't know if this is supposed to be in France, but wherever the location is, it's like desert. Yeah. And so um, she gets away from these men, and uh, whenever they realize what she's up to, they go out. Uh, looking for her. so it's just these like barren landscapes yeah it becomes um, like a chase film right mm -hmm. uh, whenever she begins taking out um, these films excuse me these men two huge reasons why i loved revenge yes one uh the rape is not shown yes even better it's only heard briefly yeah uh, one of the asshole men turn up the tv so it drowns out the sound and number two the reason why i love any fucking movie Gore. The violence and gore. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, so same here on Revenge. Uh, you know, it's on my list. I'll just, How about this? I haven't talked my number seven yet. Okay. But it's my number six. Revenge is my okay. number six. So because it's so close, I'll do Revenge as well. Do so it. yeah, this is, um, it's, it's okay. Revenge for me is so odd because I remember earlier this year, I watched Revenge and you said, is it going to make your top five? And I said, no. And you said, are you, wow, like, are you serious? You hadn't seen it yet. And I said, I don't think it's going to make my top five. Um, it's my number six. 
Uh, I love revenge is fucking awesome. The more and more the year has gone by, the more I've thought about revenge, the more I've thought about the filmmaking, the colors, the end with the blood. I'll uh-huh. just say that it's really intense. It's, and it's really a, fucking good. Uh, you said it turns into a chase film. And yeah. The climax is uh, a chase in a single location. That's super fucking intense. Yes. And, and just the colors. And, and again, the blood, if you've seen the film, you know what we're talking about. It is such an awesome exercise in this genre that we're everyone's over i don't like rape revenge sure. in fact when i was watching when i when i was going to watch revenge the thing i was like oh god here we like i knew the film was going to be good but i had to get over i'm like okay can we just get over whatever the rape is because i hate that, and that that's kind of what we get and what's awesome with revenge um this sounds odd but you understand what i'm saying what's awesome with revenge is they don't they they do shy away from it we don't have to sit there and watch it mm-hmm. but we get the awesome comeuppance which is the best part about sure revenge films which is i'm gonna fucking act my revenge on these people that did this horror to me and yeah revenge is fucking awesome the filmmaking the colors the the main character she's awesome the transformation she goes through it almost has i i said i don't like fantasy elements what i mean by that is i don't like like uh, unicorn fantasy elements, but this has almost like fantastical elements of like her hair color changes right. because it gets stained with blood. But really, I mean, her hair is just different. Like she goes through this transformation. Uh, she ends up with a tattoo, right? A brand basically. Right. Um, revenge is fucking awesome. It's not your average rape revenge film. And that is why I really liked it. Right. Um, I feel like of all the films that had hype, yeah. This is the one that like met for sure uh, my expectations, and just one little oddball reason to like the film. Screwball, I was super into how the main antagonist during the climax uh, was butt ass naked. Yeah, I thought that that was very fitting. Yeah, for a film about a woman getting revenge, that the main evil man should be naked. Yes, I don't. I, I was super into that. Yeah, that it's awesome. I, you know, I don't want to spoil it any further, but the climax of this film is fucking great like yes. you you spend this whole film it's all really good and then you get a banger of a climax mm-hmm. revenge is fucking great so that was my seven sir what was your seven yeah so my number seven um all right after we talked revenge i gotta get excited about this one because i love this film my number seven which i put in front of strangers pray at night which i had trouble with but i really think this is great i don't know if it's on your list i don't know if you've even seen it this is the clove hitch killer I have not seen it. Okay, cool. So the Clove Hitch Killer. Um, this movie's made for me. I love movies like this. This the Clove Hitch Killer is about a kid who is a Boy Scout, um, and in his town of, I think it's called Clove Hitch. In his town, there was a serial killer uh, twenty years ago called the Clove Hitch Killer. Killed like ten or eleven people, women, and disappeared off the face of the planet. And stopped killing people one day. And the town moved on. But they have this legacy of this person, this clove hitch killer. Basically their own Zodiac, right? And no, he was never caught. So this film is about this Boy Scout character who's... It's sort of coming of age, similar to some other films that we'll probably talk or we have talked. Um, He begins to suspect, and I think I'm allowed to say this. He begins to suspect that his dad... Oh, wow. ...could have been the clove hitch killer. Now... I, that is literally the premise of the film. So that's not a revelation. That's the clove hitch killer. Um, and so he goes on an investigation to find out my, 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 my boy scout father, dad couldn't have done this or who did do this, right? If it wasn't him, I want to know who it is then. So he goes on this investigation to find out who the clove hitch killer is. Um, and yeah, his dad is played by Dylan McDermott. 
um, with a goatee, and he's a Boy Scout leader. Um, very not characteristic of Dylan McDermott. Um, yeah, Clove Hitch Killer. I'll leave it at that because the film obviously has crazy turns and stuff. Great fucking movie. I love movies like this. I love movies where it's people in a room trying to, with tension. You know, I love tension-filled shit like this. Um, I'll talk another one that's kind of similar soon. So, my number seven is The Clove Hitch Killer. Uh, that's one I, I did not see, uh, but that sounds great. It is great. When you see it, you know, I it's not the best film ever, but it's a great exercise in tension and sort of discovery. Clove Hitch Killer is great. Eric, what's your number six? Number six is Terrifier. Nice. Okay, um, cool. Keeping with my uh, slasher uh, theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see All Hallows Eve. Yep. Like this was my introduction to Art the Clown. Art the Clown. And he's fucking terrifying. Um, I didn't know um, anything about him. And what initially turned me on uh, to the film was like, it's really, uh, the film itself is like real grainy. And I feel like, you know, this is obviously uh, an intentional aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to make it look like it was shot on 16 is what it looks like to me. It, 16 millimeter. It takes place on Halloween night. Yes. And it has a real dirty f- vibe Yes. Uh, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the diner uh, that they're in, uh, the streets that they're walking on. It seems like these are dangerous areas. Yes. And then you introduce a psychopathic killer right, to um, the equation. Going back to what I said earlier about, um, I guess, the ranger. Sure. Was familiar territory uh, for me. And Mm -hmm. it turns into a violent uh, slasher. Yes. Uh, There's some pretty gnarly uh, gore in it uh, that I was... Uh, super into. Um, you want me to go on it? Get it, Doc. All right, so Terrifier for me. Um, I agree. So this is tough, right? I didn't finish Terrifier. Now, let me tell you why. This was not because the quality of the film wasn't good. Uh, I had to leave and go do something. I do not remember what it was, but I had to leave, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't end up finishing it, but what I already felt about Terrifier is... You know, it's a big film this year. A lot of people are right. talking about it. So I do want to talk about it. I loved, loved the first 30 to 40 minutes of this movie. I thought it was fucking great. And let me tell you why. I really, really, really liked our main character and sort of final mm. girl of Terrifier. I got bored as soon as that final girl was no longer in the film. I thought it really, mm. really... um a char- our main character is essentially discarded early. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. If you want to do that with your film, that's cool. You can do that in a film. But I was like, ah, all the emotional investment I had is now lost. And then they're just like, oh, here's your next final person. Right. And I'm like, ah. So it really kind of came out, and I didn't mind shutting it off. And I, I, did, I was planning on finishing it. I just mm-hmm. didn't. But, uh, yeah, I was really bummed out by that because I really liked that main character for the first uh, half of the film. You know, people always say, uh, I I feel like this is cliche, but, you know, uh, they like horror films because, you know, you can watch it from the safety of your room or whatever. But I kind of feel like Terrifier fits that bill for me. Um, Specifically for, like, the part where I guess this might be a minor spoiler, uh, he shits all over that diner's uh, bathroom. Yeah. And I was just like, this is fucking gross. Yeah, it's nasty. 
And if I was there, you know, I'd be bummed out. I remember one time uh, whenever Hastings was closing, uh, we went to Roswell. It was me, Andrew, and Dana uh, to see what, you know, they're having all these crazy cells. Okay. And uh, Andrew and I go into the bathroom and someone has just fucking taken a shit on the floor. Oh, my God. And I was like, I, I, I didn't want, I couldn't use the bathroom. No, fuck that. I waited, and it was funny because Andrew had no problem. And so it I was waited. was on the floor? It was on the floor. Like, dude, there was just a big fucking pile of shit where Ew. they just like missed the toilet. And That's gross, Tom. I just wait. I think we went and ate at Burger King. And so I just waited until we got there. Um, and so, Burger King had a clean bathroom? <laughs> it was cleaner than shit on the floor. <laughs> um, I guess so, that's not hard. So I guess I kind of like that idea of like, Oh, this is so sure. gross. But, you but yet I don't I can I can see the grossness, but I'm not experiencing it firsthand. For sure. So I guess I like that comfortability of being able to see something gross, of being able to see something nasty, but E Dog was safe the entire time. That's probably similar to how I am like with I love these, you know, tension films and I love that I don't I can just once it's done, it's done. And right. I I'm not locked I'm no longer tension filled. It has nothing to do with me. So I definitely agree. I guess the uh, Terrifier is appropriately named, yeah. at least towards how I felt about there, it. There is one insane gore shot that I did see, um, and it's pretty sweet. Uh, I'm just going to say the body. Yeah. Great. Someone might be hanging upside down. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Good I thought stuff. that was re- insane. But yeah, Good I really stuff. like the main character of it, and they get rid of her quick. I, well, I hope you finish it. I will. Maybe she comes back. Who knows? I doubt it because of the way she is discarded. That was number number six. Your number six was revenge. So my number six is revenge. you jump to your five? Mm, no. Are you going to talk more revenge? I'm not going to talk revenge again. I love revenge. Everyone out there, go watch revenge. There's a there's one part that I do want to talk about. I talked about last time. I had one of the only moments in horror. I never look away. Okay, so gore almost never makes me look away. There's one part that deals with the foot in revenge, and I thought, you know what? I'm fucking done. I don't need to see this anymore. And I love the film, and I, and I love that it made me feel that way because it's such great effects and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's a piece of glass in a foot, and I, th- I, you know, it was one of the rare times in horror. I thought, nah, I'm good. I'll look away for a minute till that foot's done. Damn. Because um, I don't know why, man. I, I just, it, I was like that. It would hurt so bad. So uh, yeah, there's a moment in Revenge that did that to me. I really like. Uh, let's do it. Eric, what's your number five? My number five is a film you've already talked about, uh, Strangers Pray at Night. Nice. Um, I fucking love the idea of the strangers now have a bigger playground yeah. to play in. Um, the first film, it's a single house. and this film, it is a um, trailer park. Uh, it's an empty trailer park. Uh, but it's so great because the kids are able to run from trailer to trailer while the strangers are in a hot pursuit. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing about The Strangers Pray at Night that I didn't know when I saw it, and once I knew made me absolutely love it, is you know The Strangers is a home invasion film. Yes. These two films are different genres of horror. What would you um, call Pray at Night? Pray at Night is a slasher film. Okay. It's simply a chase slasher film. Agreed. Um, where I feel like the first film is purely two characters being home invaded. Right. Um, and personally, I, I of course, I prefer The First Strangers. I think it's one of the best horror movies ever made. Um, but I like that the ante is upped. For sure. No, I like Pray at Night a lot, but I, I think the first film is uh, better. Like a, kind of almost a masterpiece of horror. Uh, but Pray at Night is great, but it is a slasher film, not a home invasion film. Um, it's definitely, it's almost like uh, the first Strangers is scary. 
Yeah. I remember two viewings ago, I checked my windows. Yeah. Whereas Pray at Night is fun. Yeah. Um, everything we've kind of already talked about. Uh, the music, yep. uh, how uh, it's synchronized with uh, the action of the film, the uh, horror nods and homages to other films. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, fucking I, lighting. Uh, Lord have mercy, the lighting in the pool sequence. Right. I mean, it's just next level shit. Like, you know, uh, this is Johannes Roberts. Correct. And is that his name? That sounds close. I believe so. Okay, yeah. It's not Johan Johansson who just passed away. He's a composer, so I'm, right. I've got the right one. Yeah, Johannes Roberts. Um, this guy uh, needs to do some good shit with bigger budgets. Didn't because he do like 42? 47 meters down? Yeah. But that was another small budget film. Right. Uh, yeah, after seeing this, it's like, holy shit, give him the money and tell him, hey, go make that fucking music slasher. Because holy shit, uh, this is wild as fuck. Uh, this is just like a fun Slasher. Yes, 100%. I, I, I think that's the easiest way to describe Strangers Prey Night. Yep. I kind of feel like Strangers are dead. Like, I kind of feel like we won't ever get yeah, probably Strangers. But boy, would I be there for it. Me too. Uh, especially, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to say it. You know, the music choices, you know, by the end of it, the music cues up like a motherfucker while our main character is just limping down the street and there's a burning car behind her and it's just fantastic. It's so good. Somehow, you know, it's almost like he made a horror musical for the last 30 minutes. Um, it almost has its, you know, its own waltz to it. Uh, so, yeah, Strangers Pray at Night. It's like a slasher musical without singing. Fucking great. Uh, a quick digestible. Like absolutely. Minutes absolutely. Yeah. I wish the first half was better, but the second half is ridiculously good. And you know you know what's cool about the uh, unrated cut? What's that? It's more, it's more gore. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my number five. And Strangers one more time. While we finish Strangers Pray at Night, I just have to say, pool scene. Yes, pool okay. scene. Fire. Pool scene. So, I, I feel like I want to watch that right now. Me too. I just want it on repeat. Right. Okay. So my number five. Like, just like as the like the song is like ramping up in how, yes. I, I don't know the main stranger's name, but how like the Baghead. Sh- Baghead, how he's like walking, but the camera is like focusing just on him like dragging his axe. Yes. It's like, you know. It's going with like shit's about to escalate. Yes. God, it's so good. And then there's that part where like they go into the water and every time they go down you can hear the music but drowns out and then it comes up and you can hear it higher. Like the sound design, guys. Uh that shit's next level shit. Like uh, please give Johannes Roberts money, please. So good. Um okay, my number 5. Your number 5, G. All right, my so number We're in top 5 territory. We are. It's a big deal. You're right. So t- my top 5, here we go. My number 5 horror film of 2018. You know, you might tell me isn't horror. I don't care. It's on my list. My number five is Summer of 84. I really, really, really liked Summer of 84. You know, when I first saw it, I reviewed it on this podcast, and I said I liked it a lot. But I rewatched it. I made my brother and his wife watch it, and I just fell in love with it. I think this movie is great. I think it's one of the best of the year. I love stuff like this. This is the better. I think The Clove Hitch Killer is a more competently directed and made film than summer of 84 but summer of 84 is what i love 80s nostalgia kids on bikes shit is wrong in your neighborhood and you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on so you know summer of 84 if you don't know is about these kids in a neighborhood that begins to, to suspect if their neighbor uh, who is a local policeman is this serial killer so um is their neighbor a serial killer so you know it's very rear window-esque it references a lot of movies 
and I love it. I just think Summer of 84 is awesome. I don't think this is like the greatest film ever made, but it speaks to me. You know, these are films I like. This is what I love. I love tension. I love, you know, two people talking that think they know something about each other, but they won't say it to each other's face. I love shit like that. I love Summer of 84. Uh, Summer of 84 is not uh, on my list. And it's not really that horror And I'm afraid... My expectations were super sure. high for it simply because it's the same uh, directive team that did Turbo Kid. And I like this way more than Turbo Kid. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot more than Turbo Kid. Oh, man. I agree so, to disagree, sir. I really like Star of 84. It's, this film speaks to me. I love stuff like this. And, uh, yeah, it's great. I think I'll leave it at that. What is your number five? Is it your five or four? This is my four. Oh, my gosh. What was your five? Stranger's Prey. Nice. nice. Man, you got Strangers Pray at Night into your top five. That's it sure awesome. does. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so my number four should be number one. Okay. Uh, this is this is going to get squirrely now. You, you have no idea. Okay. Oh, okay, go ahead, Eric. Fine, I understand now. Okay, this, this should be number one because it's so fucking good. Okay. But, and, and it's high. It's my four. But I think ultimately the reason. I'm resituating reason- myself. But I think ultimately the reason it's only at four is two silly reasons. Sure. One's personal. One is dumb. The personal one being is this is a fucking sad goddamn film. Yep. And the second silly reason is it hits two plus hours. Yes. I am talking about Hereditary. Ari Aster is Hereditary. Yes. Yeah. This film is like. So this is your number four. This is my number four. That's high, Doc. That's high. And I feel like this is the horror masterpiece of the year. I feel like we can, but here's the interesting thing. Please light on me. You know, I'm assuming it's to come for you. Hereditary is on my list and it's not my number one. Right. And I think it's important to know. I agree. It is the horror masterpiece of the year. It is the best horror film. It's just not my favorite film of the year, Correct, but it absolutely is the most mind blowing, absurdly ridiculous, perfectly directed vision of someone that, we just don't get movies like this. And when we do, they're awe-inspiring and insane. Right. And this year's, it's called Hereditary. Uh, this film caused me to throw my hands up in the air in a movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> like, that That doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it pulled such strong reactions yeah. from me. And, I mean, that's kind of, sorry for sounding way too heavy-handed here. Sure. But that's kind of what films should do. Yeah. Films should provoke emotion as well as discussion. Yeah. And this film definitely does um, <laughs> Both those, those, things. those things, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I so badly want to show this to my mom, but it's too horror for her. Yeah. It's far too horror. So I'm going to show her. It. I'm glad, you know, it's fine. I'm glad you say that. I, I want to show this to my brother and his wife, and I'm going to, but I'm almost like, you know, it's not the elevated stuff that I think they're not going to like, but. Yeah, this is quite horror, I feel like. Yeah, this is hard. Yeah, I agree. This is pretty hard. I agree. And it's so depressing, too. Exactly. Um, but go ahead. Hereditary. Um, it's it's just perfect in terms of uh, like what it's about. It's like relatable initially about families not connecting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we've all had our ups and downs with personal, uh, you know, with our families. Sure. Um, and then there's the horror aspect that I uh, like most – um, about it. Um, 
It's so good, but this isn't a film that I'm going to just be able to like revisit. Sure. I agree 100%. I haven't purchased it yet. I want it. This is a film I I really want to own, but I haven't bought it because, you know, this isn't a rewatch movie. Exactly. It it will be, but in a year, you know, I'll be like, I got to watch Hereditary again, but yeah. And shout out A24 for giving it such a big push. Yeah, we saw it in our theater. It, it came to our theater. I remember I went to Walmart the day the blue came out and there was a fucking cardboard stand in yeah. front of Walmart yep. with for Hereditary. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they knew how good it was. And you know what's super fucking exciting? What's that? Is how, how do you pronounce the director's name? Ari Aster. He's going to, his next horror, his next movie is a horror film. Yeah. Like, uh, I love that he's sticking with the genre. Like, well, I want to watch Under a Silver Lake, but I don't give a fuck if it ever comes out about Under a Silver Lake. But what's what I'm pumped is it's Robert Eggers, right? He has that movie, The Lighthouse. Correct. And that's supposedly genre. It's supposedly oh, okay. horror. So, like, um, because I don't think Jennifer Kent is making a horror film, as far as I know, the Babadook director. We so. get these super good, already horror films. Yeah. And then the director's like, they always do something yeah, I mean, else. That's yeah. cool. That's fine. That's yeah. what they want. They should do whatever they want, but exactly. we want the but fucking horror because we know what they're capable of. Absolutely. So we want more of that. Hereditary is the masterpiece of 2018. In For my sure. opinion, uh, my next three, in my opinion, are more fun. I'm more loyal to, uh, the fan base. And, um, my number one is like, We'll, we'll One get of my to it. Let's get to things it. ever. Okay, well, sure. I'm just I'm just trying to explain yeah. why, even though it's a masterpiece, it's my number four. Sure, I have other reasons for liking my top three films more. That's what I should have said. Yes. Okay, that was my number four. What was your number four? Doc? All right. So my number four. You know, we're gonna have to talk the Hereditary again. So I'll wait a little bit more. Okay. Um, my number four is a film that I. It's kind of hard to discuss after talking about Hereditary because when I tell you, you might you might say you don't remember it or it's not horror. You know what I thought? I thought, you know what? This is going on my list. That's Wait what I thought. I, I decided to put Overlord on okay. my list for horror. That's 100% um, horror. It's my number four. Uh, I love Overlord. I, I think this is a great fucking movie, a great ride. I saw it twice in theater. Oh, go ahead. I, I just, I, I think it's the world. I love this genre exercise. This is not a film that's about, you know, as much as Hereditary is, right? right. This isn't art, the horror film, right? This is balls to the wall, zombie, Nazi action, Tarantino-esque scenes of tension and dialogue, and the best opening of the year, my favorite fucking 10 minutes of the year. You know, this and the pool scene are like two of my favorite things on the planet this year. Um, If we had to pick scenes from movies, I would pick the opening 15 minutes of Overlord, the pool scene from The Strangers, and the end of Annihilation at the Lighthouse. Um, I I just, I think the world of the opening of Overlord, and I just love the insane wackiness. I love Bad Robot. I love Overlord. Um, I felt like I had to put on my list. It's not that horror. That's the thing. I know know you're saying it is. That was kind of... One of my problems. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. I like it a lot. Yeah. But it, it the horror takes a minute to kick in. For sure. And it's and and I agree that it could have gone further in the horror, but I, I love it. I love Nazi zombies. I love flamethrowing Nazi zombies. Um it's awesome. Kurt Russell's son. The opening of the goddamn I didn't know movie. It was Kurt Russell's son. That's um, awesome. I do want to quickly say I forgot to mention on Summer of eighty four, you know, is it horror? I my my explanation for yes it is horror is the ending of the film. I I'm I would have never questioned Summer right. of 84. But I'm just saying like, you know, I like to explain whether it is and for sure Summer of 84, the ending of Summer of 84 
is terrifying, so it's definitely horror because of the ending of Summer of 84. I've said this already. Summer of 80, the, the ending of Summer of 84 was too sad for me. I, I liked it a lot. I and, love... And which is weird because I'm just... I, I sat here an hour ago saying how much I love something mean-spirited. Right. It's, it's almost like... Like I'm referring to downrange. It's kind of like a, a like what the fuck moment. Yeah. Whereas for summer of '84, for me personally, it was just like fuck. No, it's a downer. Right. It's a downer. But I've never. How about this? You know, I'd never seen a film like this that was referencing so many things that was like so many things that we like, but that had a down ending. They all always end up okay in the end. And I'm not. You know, I'm not going to spoil the film, but everything's not great at the at the end of summer of 84 and i loved that about it so um anyways overlord is my number four um it kind of speaks for itself you know i'm a bad robot zombie from way back i love this film the opening 20 minutes is outstanding filmmaking best sound design of the year overlord's my number four eric what is your number three? My number three we're in the top three yeah for sure this is it i'm looking at my top three i'm very uh content with my top three now let me ask you this I got a question for you. How many times have I said, okay, E-Dog is a monster kid just on this pod alone? Uh, let's see. Not enough. Okay. Well, as you guys know, E-Dog is a monster kid and one of the coolest monsters ever, in my opinion, are Predators. And my number oh three. Oh, my God. I forgot about this film. And my number three. Yep. Is Shane Black's. The Predator. Nice, Eric. Uh, Talk it. Let's yes. hear it. Uh, co-written by Fred Decker. Yes. Uh, the Predator is the fourth solo uh, Predator film in which a Predator for, you know, I've seen this film three times now, for reasons I really don't understand, comes to Earth because he wants to give humans something. A gift. He wants to give humans a gift. And like I said, I'm I've not seen, even sure the filmmakers knew what the gift was. And like I've said, I've seen this movie three times and there's and there's hints in the film where it's like, is that the reason? But it's never fully fleshed well, out. And if you if you read online, there's all these like alternate endings of like of stuff that, that I would have made more sense. That I was actually guessing was oh, okay. it. Remember I told you when we walked out of the Predator, I'll just say I was guessing that the gift, the ending of the Predator was gonna have to do with Alien and Aliens. Did you see how it was? Yes. At one point? And it's like f- multiple times? But here's what's funny. The fact that that was the case, I almost feel like they were telegraphing that. Because I'm like, it's Predator. It's Fox. Right. Like, they're telegraphing some big thing is in this pod, and then it's a gun or something? Like, at one point... And, and suppose... Did you see like they shot this? Yes! I know. It like, blew my mind. Like, they were posting pictures of it and on Instagram. And that should have been what the ending was of The Predator. Like, at one point, it was going to be... But Fox is dead now anyways. Who cares? Uh, right. At one point, it was going to be Ripley. Yes. Uh, at one point, it was going to be Newt. Yep. Um, I think the one that I wanted was it was going to be Schwarzenegger. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been fire. I would have I, I taken Ripley or Newt over Schwarzenegger, but... Right. So, okay. So, it for some reason... The only problem with that, though, sorry, the, those, the alien ones would have fucked up, like, does this take place with alien? And, like, what the fuck? So, and, like, yeah. and, are, and like, are we going to get a follow-up to Covenant? It's all done. No, it be, sucks. Be, well, and Fox is over, so... Right. Y- if we think Disney is going to make Predator films, I don't think so. I'm bummed. Yeah. So, well, I'm bummed about Alien. I don't think they're going to make Alien films I'm with anymore. You. What, what's funny is I'm constantly thinking of movies... That I want to show Melissa. Yeah. And right now the movies that are on the forefront is Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Yes. Yes. Um, Has she seen Alien? 
I don't think she's ever seen Alien. Dobby. I don't know. Dobby, because I know we have this fight a lot. You like Aliens. I like Alien. Alien is fucking one of the best movies ever made. Is it wrong of me to show Prometheus first? I just, you know why I want to do this? Why? It's because I want to rewatch Covenant. Oh, yeah. I rewatched Covenant when the when the blue came out. Um, it's still good. I mean, the second half where it goes Prometheus is, in my opinion, not as good. Even though I like, I like it. Uh-huh. I like Prometheus. But the first half, which is like crazy tension, alien fucking carnage. Right. Is amazing. All right, Eric. The Predator. The Predator is my number three. Okay. So for some goddamn reason, there's a good friendly Predator. <laughs> He's coming to he Earth. He has dogs. That's the bad Predator. Oh, oh whoops. And thanks to NECA Toys, uh, the good Predator is referred to as the Fugitive Predator. He comes to Earth, and he is being tracked by, uh, we'll call him the bad Predator, but thanks to NECA Toys, he's, he's known as the Assassin Predator. Okay. He is sent to Earth to stop the good Predator from giving the humans whatever the fuck his gift is. So that's the Predator, right? Yes, of course, yes. But what follows for an hour and 45 minutes is juvenile-ass fucking humor, mm-hmm. uh, a Halloween sequence, and some pretty shoddy, uh, but not in all cases, sure, uh, gore. Yes. And E-Dog can't think of what he wants more than a funny, gory monster movie. For sure. I've- and that's what The Predator is. To me. I feel like, you know, my version of this, you know, even though I think people like Overlord and you like Overlord. Yes. I think my version of this is Overlord on my list, right? Like, it's not even really that horror. I just, I love stuff like that. And you love Predator. Um, I showed the Predator to my mother. And what did she think? And the next day, we're like at dinner or at lunch or something. And uh, my brother, Darren, is there. And my mom is like, we watched that new Predator movie last night. It's so funny. And I was like, nice. I was like, great. Nice. My mom loved uh, the Predator. Um, so again, what I just said, uh, silly, gory, monster film. You know, it's like uh, Slither. Yeah, for but, sure. You know, Slither's good. Um, but that's the type of shit E-Dog likes. Yeah. So my number three is Predator. Keegan, give me yours. I will. Uh, I like Predator. Okay. Um, I never want to see it again. Um, I'm itching. I just feel so watch it again. I just wish it was cleaner, like in terms of the narrative, because they sure. reshot stuff. There there was actually a point when we were watching it where my mom was like, How did they get here? Yeah. Like what are they there, doing? There was here? a point when I was in theater and I was like, yeah. Oh shit. Because I knew about the reshoots and shit. I was like, Right. Uh oh. And um but the film has one of the coolest fucking moments of the year. You want to talk about moments of the year? Another one. Lay it on me. Is I hope you're, I hope you're talking about the shield at the end. No. Okay. Uh, that, that, but that's I mean, a great moment. Doc. Yes. One of the best moments of the year is when um, the blood uh, comes out of that, that guy and goes all over the oh, predator, fuck yeah. but he's invisible and it makes, it makes like the predator visible with the blood all over him. So fucking good. That is amazing. That's like next level shit to me. Yes. Um, I just feel like I understand Shane Black is nowhere as big as yeah. Ridley Scott, but like, look at his track record for sure. But yeah, that should have instilled some confidence. And clearly, there's a love for the franchise there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean that that definitely made it through. I definitely like how big. Like I was laughing at how big the Predator it starts. Like it's right. like a fucking spaceship from outer space, like flying. It's in and two. Shit. It's two ships chasing each other. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like this is like sci-fi, uh, not right. just like a you know, because the first film was not that sci-fi. Right. So your number. 
three is the predator. I'm glad to, I'm glad you have it on your list. Thank you. My number three, which we've already spoken a lot about, so I won't talk a lot about, and I feel bad about it as well, just like you did. My number three is hereditary. Okay. So here we are again talking about hereditary, hereditary, and apologizing, and apologizing for not having it as my number one. But yeah, um, this is quite a film. You know, this is the masterpiece of the year. This is um, all it out and out a perfect film. Um, if I had to explain why I think this sort of is as good as people say is a lot of, which I like to say, but even though it's a, it's a douchey way to say it, elevated horror, Mm -hmm. a lot of elevated horror has this issue where they don't give you the horror, right? So the whole film you spend waiting for the horror and you don't really get it. And then it ends. Um, it's happened before some of the witches that I love the witch, by the way, I really never have this problem, but what's awesome about hereditary about hereditary is it is artsy. It is metaphorical. It is about family and all these other things but it gives you horror big time. Like, yes. It happens quickly in some cases, but it is big time horror, especially the whole like final 20 minutes is, you know, by the time Tony Collette is in places and rooms, how about that? Um, I'm just like, holy flying fuck. Um, I just can't believe that this is what the film is. And this is how insanity ridden the film becomes uh it's so awesome there's a crazy oh shit moment in the middle of the film that i will not spoil but is like holy fuck um ari aster doesn't give a shit about anything um doesn't care about norms or you know children in peril uh it's fucking wild and then the whole final end of the film and just how wild and how horrific uh sort of you know things in the attic become things in you know it's fucking wild uh, Hereditary is great. It's fucking sad. It's a downer. This is not a film you can rewatch a million times, but it is unquestionably the masterpiece of 2018. So I totally agree. And that's why it's my number three. But unfortunately, I like two films more personally, but Hereditary is fucking amazing. I for sure know what one of them is. I don't know what the other is. All right, Eric, what's your number two? Uh, my number two. Banger territory? Yeah, we're in the top two. Yeah. Uh, and my number two is... Um, you know, we were talking earlier about icons. Okay, here we go. And this man is, in my opinion, one of the three. I heard you were looking for the Candyman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, is, is Candyman 2019 or 2020? I don't know. There's a new Candyman coming out. Yeah, obviously. Jordan Peele. We're excited. Yeah. I just wanted you to say the line. We were looking for the Candyman, bitch. Okay. Um, Your number two is? My number two, and obviously, if you just didn't get my description, then... Uh, ring your call sign and Tommy will go over there and hit you over the head with a tack hammer yes. because you are a... Uh, I'm obviously talking about David Gordon Green's Halloween. Yes. I mean... Not my number two, but still hasn't been spoken about on my list, so there you go. I'm blown away by not seeing this on people's lists. Oh, yeah, that's and crazy. I, and I understand people have problems with it. That's fine. It's not a perfect movie. It's definitely not. I have problems with it myself. Call me. We are so spoiled. We are so picky. That's We're what I was going to so, say. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. well, I was going to say, call me too commercialized. Sure. But it's fucking Michael Myers, duh. Yeah. He, he stomps a fucking head in. He, and this was a big film. Yeah. Event. It was the event of the year. Done with people who care about the source material, who yes. were involved. 
Yeah. With the source material. I mean, think about it. Could, it could have been worse, and I still would have fucking loved it. Yep. Halloween 2018. I don't know what to say. Sure. I'm, I'm upset that I haven't gone and gotten my copy yet. It's, it's sitting in my mom's mailbox right Is now. Is it? Yes. Um, good looking slipcover. So uh, I'll talk it, I guess, soon. Okay. Um, I rewatched it last night. You so saw the I'm, new 4K blue. How did it look? How did it fresh. sound? Looked great. Sounded great. It's great. I love it. So the first time I watched it, uh, you know, I was with you. It's overwhelming because I, I, I almost enjoy watching films alone yeah, more. Me too. And I'm not worried about what other people are thinking. I'm sitting alone, comfortable in my house. Uh, the first time I went with you, Dana, and Melissa, we went to Roswell. The second time I went with my mom, older brother, nephew, and Melissa. And it was like each time I was kind of like worried about like, sure. what are they thinking? Uh, are they comfortable? Whereas I'm pretty sure, and I liked it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure when I watch it a third time alone in my house, it's going to blow the roof off. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I made sure when we came back from that Roswell trip that you're talking about, I went and saw it the next day by myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I... I've seen it by myself. I love it. Um, I'll talk about it in a minute, I guess. Um, I I mean, it's Halloween. Yeah. I mean, what 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 more do you say, G? I don't know. It's tough. I guess I'm gonna have to wait to hear what you say. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um. Again, you know, and I and I've already said, even if it wasn't as good as it is, here's what's exciting about it. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. It made me re. It made me venture out and seek other David Gordon Green films. Yeah. And so that's a plus. So I've seen other cool movies, thanks to. Halloween 2018 is yeah. my number two. Keegan, please give me your two. All right, so my number two is a film that you did not list, as far as I know, and you won't. It would not be your number one. Um, probably, you know, let's talk it. Why not? My number two is, you know, I, I feel like you might laugh when I tell you what it is. I'm dying to hear it. So so my, this is the only one I can't guess. My number two was the other event film of the year, and I love it, man. It, you know, it's in front of Hereditary. It's in front of a lot of stuff. I know, but it's about? a quiet place. Oh, yeah. I knew you. I knew it. I knew it was going to stun you. So my number two is a quiet place. Um, I love this film. Okay, lay it on I me. I absolutely love it. I think it's, you know, the second event film of the year other than Halloween. <clears throat> I think this captivated audiences. It's captivated me. I've seen it probably four times now. I went. I, I, I got it for my little sister for Christmas. I watched it with her. She's twelve. She loved it. I loved it again. I made my mom watch it when I was up there for uh, when I was visiting for Christmas. Um, I just think it's great, man. I love uh, John Krasinski's direction. I love Emily Blunt in the film. She acts the shit out of this movie. She's a better actress than anybody in almost any horror movie that we get. And she's amazing in it. She has so much to do with uh, her being pregnant and giving birth. And uh, love the monsters, love the world, love the way it looks. It's shot beautifully. Um, this is how you shoot post-apocalyptic horror with a sense issue. Uh, Bird Box is not how you shoot that. This is how you shoot it. Um, this is, you know, shot so well, so good. It, it, it's very simple at times, but it's emotional. It's about a family just trying to get by. It's about family having family problems. Even though they're in this apocalyptic world, it's still about having to deal with your children and having them think that you care more about the other kid than the, than, than the other. It's about trauma. It's about losing a child. Um, I love I love A Quiet Place. So, Eric, tell me. Talk to me about it. I feel like I've been having this problem recently. Yeah. And The Quiet Place is a great example. Sure. Where it's these movies that everybody 
like. Yeah. And I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. So you didn't like Quiet Place? No, 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 no. I like it, but I'm just not there for it. Huh. Um, Do you think it's because it feels like a mainstream film? Maybe you're sort of going against it? I almost feel like I should be into it. No, no, no. That's not the case. No, I'm asking. it's a fucking monster film. Because that happens to me like with these bigger releases where when it becomes like other, like big horror, I always feel super weird about it. I'm like, oh, well... I don't know. Like you just want it to be yours. It's not mine anymore. Yeah. Right. And I have and I had to be true to what I loved this year, and it was a quiet place. I loved a quiet place this year. Um no, I think it's a good movie, but it just stops there. Huh. For me. Um I watched it twice in theaters. I even bought the blue whenever we were planning this episode. Um so I could rewatch it to make sure. Did you sure. rewatch it? I did. Uh to make sure that That's crazy. That's how I still feel about it. Um and I'm in and, and even flip-flopping that idea i feel like i'm watching these films that people are like this sucks and i'm like this is fantastic like what give me an example the predator oh sure um for example just another example uh my mom and i uh watched uh roma oh yeah not horror alfonso Cuarón. i fell asleep for the last 30 minutes really and we're at her house and so i came home and i thought oh i'm gonna finish roma roma yeah I I moved it to like the the last twenty six minutes of that film, and I thought I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and I didn't finish it. So it's like, and I feel like this is happening to a a lot to me recently, where it's like, and it's not me trying to be like, oh, no, I'm cool. I, I understand. Yeah. I didn't like Roma. Um, I it just what you, exactly what you just said. Yeah, I gotta so, go with. I gotta be true to myself, one hundred percent. And I think that's why. Because I even felt some of that with A Quiet Place, putting it as my number two. I thought, can I really do that? It's, it is post-apocalyptic. It is horror, in my opinion. But, like, really, does this belong here? Does this belong at my number two? And, you know, am I going to sound like a not, you know, for lack of a better term, like a populist, like, oh, I like popular film, right? Because, right. like, it's not cool to say that you love the most popular film of the year. Right. You know, it's not cool to. But I had to be true to myself. I love A Quiet Place. I love how short it is. It's 90 minutes. Agreed. It is balls to the wall 90 minutes. It has a great fucking ending. It's shot, like I said, like it's, I'm shocked that John Krasinski shot this better than almost every film this year. It is shot so fucking well. It's gorgeous. It's lit well. Sequences of terror that are great. It's great sound design, which this is everything I love. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, I don't know if you're noticing that great sound design shot. Well, ultimately about a family and about, you know, familiar tension. Mm -hmm. And I love this shit. I love stuff like this. And I just think this was the horror event of the year. I'll never forget seeing this in Carlsbad twice in our theater and just watching people say nothing for 90 minutes. That was impressive. It was, it was it, like it was really something. I, I saw a tweet where somebody said Quiet Place performed a miracle by forcing people not to be assholes yeah. at the theater. I love real quick and then I will move on from a quiet place. One of my favorite things in film and horror, which I which is simply known as tension, but one of the ways to create tension is Hitchcock talks about it. Hitchcock talks about there's, you know, the way to create tension is to show the audience something that the characters in the scene don't know about, but the audience knows about it. So, for instance, his version of that is putting a bomb under a table of two people talking. The two people are going on having a casual conversation, so they're not in the tension. They, they don't know that there's tension, but the audience sees this bomb ticking and about to blow up and they're freaking out. That's what tension is. That's how to create tension. And one of the simple ways that is created in a quiet place is that fucking nail. 
that goddamn oh, nail on the yep. staircase. Yep. Because you see that nail go up and you're like, you motherfuckers. You know, someone's going to step You on goddamn it. motherfuckers out here with this nail. They don't know about that nail. And now I'm fucking worried about that goddamn nail. Exactly. And um, there's a lot of that in a quiet place. It's very simple tension building, but it's very effective. Maybe I'm being nitpicky, but it's the logic in the in, in a quiet oh, place. Oh, I've heard that, that a lot. Me off. Sure. No, I've heard that a lot. And I, you know, for me, I think. Uh, You've said plenty of times you're not a plot hole guy. Exactly. I think this podcast should have illustrated that logic and plot holes, I don't give a shit about. Right. I, as long as the film plays well enough to provide a great film, I don't notice any of them. And then you tell me, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that doesn't make sense. But the film is so good, guys. Who gives a shit? Um, I'm not a plot hole or a fucking logic guy at all. Uh, not a horror film, but one of my favorite films of 2018, and I wish I would have said this instead of Pacific Rim, sure. uh, was a movie called Blind Spotting. Oh, yeah. And every single action uh, in that film has motivation. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I loved it so much. Everything has so much fucking meaning. And then just the idea that they'd have a fucking child in a quiet place. I was like, sure. fuck this. Yeah, and, and I totally get that. I, I think you know you could defend it with you know their child is... They lost the child. I, I I don't know. They're just gonna fucking keep that box, that baby in a box all day. Again, they're okay, just gonna fucking okay. keep that baby in a bird box all day. Okay, we will move on from a quiet <laughs> place. But I do want to say, like, I think what's important about film is I'm willing to go with it because the film tells it's me entertaining. This is what it is, right? So like. Why would they have kids? I don't know. They had kids, but guess why they had kids for fucking tension and the tension works. Does the tension work when she's giving birth and those fireworks blow sure. up? Sure, it's That's a good scene. It's the best scene in the movie. And it, it's the whole final 45 minutes of the film. I love a quiet place. I'll say and I don't this. mind saying it. I think it's great. I'll say this. A Quiet Place is my biggest regret of 2018. I want to like that movie. Sure, sure. But I just simply don't. Would you? I, that's not fair. I like I'll, it. I I'll, just don't. I don't love it, and I want to. Sure. And are you surprised at all to find out that it's one of Keegan's favorite films? I'm not. Okay. So I, there you I, go. I, I, like, now that you've said it, I feel like, ah, uh, should have yeah. known that. Yep. So, my number two, after all of that. Bird Box. Was a... <laughs> absolutely not. It was A Quiet Place, because I think it's actually good, where Bird Box is just fine. I right. think... A Quiet Place is good, and I am not a plot hole guy. Um, I am a film language guy. And with Ooh. that, you like that? That just defined us. Yes. Eric. You dog's a titty guy. <laughs> Eric, uh, I cannot remember what your number one would be. Okay. My All right. number one. It's a big deal. Ready? This is it. Here it comes. Is Jordan Peele's Us. I'm uh, lying. I hate you so much. Not out I, yet. That's not it. You see what I'm doing? I'm creating tension. Okay. Eric's number one. Oh, there's a bomb under the table. Okay. Here's, here's my number one. And I'm not and I'm not lying when I say this. Okay, you ready? It's not a horror film. We're we are currently doing Okay, I'm ready. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, we I'm are currently doing our favorite horror films of twenty eighteen and my number one it's not horror duh. And let me explain to you why. I wanna try to guess. Oh, it's the it's the Timo Timojanto film. The night comes for us? Yes. It's not. Okay, I'm right. I'm not gonna guess anymore. Eric, okay. Go ahead. Uh my number one film. Not horror. Is not horror. Ah, you motherfucker. But I've seen it on people's uh, lists. Okay. And it's definitely 100% genre. Okay, I'm ready. How about that? Pacific Rim Uprising. It, it definitely has horrific elements. Sure. But it is by no means... Like, I'm surprised when I saw it uh, on 
people's list. And I guess I have it here just because I like it so fucking much. Can I make a kitschy joke? Sure. It's not horror, but it has horrific elements, and it terrifies me. It's called Vice. Uh, even though we haven't seen that film. We yet. haven't, but I'm assuming, yeah. Yes. Okay. It's a political joke. Go ahead. Okay, here it comes. You ready? I'm ready. He don't, we, we know what Kiki's number one is. Maybe okay. not. No, I'm I mean, kidding. I'm I mean, kidding. I mean, unless you say, like, Fuck. Puppet Master. The Littlest Reich. Or Tales from the Hood 2. Nope. Dead Shack. All right, Eric. Oh, you could say Suspiria. And I'd, oh, but you haven't I seen haven't it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't pre-ordered. It's, it's coming soon. What, I, a couple I ha- weeks? Nah, I have it pre-ordered, just so you know. It's coming in. Before I wake, cold hell. Before I wake's not 2018. But it was released in 2018. That's true. Eric. Unsane. You didn't see it. Soderbergh. Oh, the new Hellraiser sequence the break. Uh, ruin me. Terrified. Okay. Okay, it's time to get down to business. E dogs left this. E dogs left this bomb under the table long enough. Okay, I like it. I like it, Eric. Go ahead. Okay, E dogs number, number one, one film of the year on his horror list. It's not horror, and I'm gonna say why it is first, and it's a silly reason. Okay, before I say the film, it's because I like suspense, Eric. So please, uh, okay, I'm Continue. about to say I'm I'm getting there, G. I got a big smile on my face. But you know what? It's my list. I feel like you can hear the smile in the sound. I'm right? It's he my list. Sh- you know what a shit-eating green is? Yes. I couldn't even say e- that right. E-Dog's allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. Absolutely. There was a moment in time when I was like, I'm just going to do genre, period. Like, that was my motivation. It's to re- not Annihilation, is it? That was my motivation to rewatch Annihilation because I was okay. like, do, do I want this on my list? For, for a minute, I had The Night Comes For Us uh, on my list. Which, which would have been fine. But I decided... I'm just going to do horror, but this movie is so good that it's my number one. Okay, you ready? I'm ready, Eric. Now that I've built it up so goddamn much, it is uh, The Night of the Virgin. No, I'm kidding. I'll stop this. I'm going to really say it now. All right, Eric. What's your number number one film of the year? I'm feeling the tension now. Sure, go ahead. Okay, this is my number one because... Lee Wanell went and made the best RoboCop movie since the original 1987 RoboCop. I am talking about Upgrade. Yes. This is E-Doc's number one fucking film of the year. Nice. This movie is so goddamn good. G, have you seen Upgrade? I haven't yet. You're in for a fucking treat. I'm definitely going to watch it, Doc. Please. You know I'm a Lee Wanell guy. Speaking of which... Minor diversion. Go ahead. Did you see Aquaman? I did not see Aquaman. Ooh, Lee Winnell's in Aquaman. Oh, he's in it? He's in it. He's the oh. pilot of this plane. Oh, wow. So he, it's just like a cameo? Yeah. And he he, he talks and everything. Uh, I'm afraid I did I, not, but that's you know, fun. It, it sucks because I'm trying to say, oh, I love Lee Winnell. Haven't seen Upgrade yet. I'm definitely planning on it. Uh, there's a moment in Upgrade where uh, this stars Logan Marshall Green. Yes. From uh, The Invitation. Correct, as well as Prometheus. Yes. Uh, he is in a apartment complex, and a list of the tenants are, you know, so he could buzz them, are on the wall, and one of them says J. Wan. Lol. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Upgrade. Yes. Is this movie. It's, this is the future. I forget. If they say the year, E-Doc forgets. Okay. Uh, this is a future where. This is the better Venom. This is fuck Venom, absolutely. But, but it's this—it's the same idea where somebody has. I don't, I don't understand why people liked Venom this year. Uh, 
I guess we, I guess we, I guess I liked Venom because of how like bad it was. I hated Venom. Um, so this, are, you, are you surprised to hear I hated Venom? No, not at all. Because okay. I feel like you hate superhero movies. Period. Pretty close. I mean, I like some, but yeah. I, like I feel like I feel like you go to the Marvel movies resentfully. I like superhero films when they're good. I absolutely despise superhero films when they're, they're bad. bad. Like X Men Apocalypse. Ooh, that is when E Dog fell asleep. Down. Absolutely terrible. And did not try to rectify that. Okay, so this is a future where cars drive themselves. Uh, this is a future where drones fly overhead and can easily identify who you are. Logan Marshall Green plays a man who doesn't give a shit about any of that. His profession is he restores antique muscle cars. And at the start of the film... He has a client who's basically like Elon Musk, right? Uh, super smart dude who owns this big uh, company, right? Him and his Dang wife. Amber Heard. Him and his wife go to take the car uh, to this man. Yes. And whenever they're leaving, um, they are mugged. The wife is killed, and Logan Marshall Green is paralyzed so soon after that this man comes to him and tells him that he's got this little chip that he calls stem and that if he allows him to surgically implant stem onto him i think it's his spine uh, he'll be able to walk again logan marshall green agrees with the idea that he's going to use this ability to catch his wife's murderer okay what proceeds is this gnarly ass, balls to the wall, violent ass, filled with fucking gore. Yes. Um, Robocop man, man is made superior but resentful by technology. Dot. This movie is so fucking kick ass yes i've definitely heard from everyone how fucking good it is so you know and that's not the cool part yeah the violence is amazing uh but here's what's cool fuck is cool it's sustained by a fucking like legitimately good story sure like where he goes his actions what he's doing it all just makes perfect sense in the film and then it ends with a gut punch that I want a toy of. Nice. E Dog loves Upgrade. It's my number one favorite genre film of the year. Would you say that it's Lee Winnell's best film? Hands down. Nice. It is so fucking good, Doc. I can't, believe in, Doc. You, I can't believe you haven't seen Upgrade. I'm definitely going to watch it. I just, you know, it's just Ex- passed me by. Especially because you're a science fiction guy. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be. Right up your okay, alley. Okay, let me, let me tell you why. This okay. is that thing where like everyone tells you about it. Yes. And then it's hard to, it's like so much hype. You saw it, you reviewed it. And then I've seen all the gifs, gifs. Oh, that sucks. Of. Oh, the, the camera work. Yeah. Which you've seen. I've seen. Yeah, that's. And I haven't seen the film and I'm pissed about it. So like now it's like, I guess I'll get to it at some point because I feel like I've already seen the whole film right. just because the internet. Uh, specifically genre and horror Twitter has not been kind to spoilers for this film. What sucks is it initially didn't have a splash. 
I mean, you can't be mad at having created two franchises, right? But right. this should have been a third. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's that. Fucking I mean, good. he's definitely getting the love in the genre, though. I don't think it's that. It's that's the case. I mean, he's. Right. I feel like people are finding it now. Yeah. Well, uh, blame Blumhouse. I mean, they didn't. They didn't, didn't do it well, put it out in. I know that it was in screens, but not a lot. Mm. I mean, so I wouldn't. I would blame Blumhouse. So there you go. Um, that kind of blows me away, just because I feel like they're a studio that should have known what they had. I think with they, what they put out, but commercial wise, maybe not. You know, how big would upgrade have been? Would it is would it have been as big as uh, Keanu Reeves replicas? I'm sure it's better, <laughs> but yeah. but maybe violent sci-fi is too much. Yeah, you know? for sure. I don't think violent sci-fi does that well at the box office. I mean, That's even true. Blade Runner. I was just going to say even Blade Runner 2049, one of the best fucking movies of last year. Nobody saw. Right. So um, Annihilation was a bomb this year. Nobody right. fucking saw Annihilation. So I guess R-rated sci-fi. Yeah, it does not really do that box office. No. That's a shame. All right, so, G, that was Upgrade. That was my number one favorite genre film of the year. Let's hear yours. All right, so my number one favorite genre film of the year, I'm not going to provide tension for because everyone knows what it is. I haven't spoken about it, you know, so it's it's Halloween. My number yes. one is Halloween. Correct. And I'll do my best to get pumped about it. You know, here we are at the end of the podcast. You've spoken Upgrade. Uh, I felt like we, I was droning on Upgrade. No, you're good on that. We we talked, and we've already talked Halloween a lot, but, you know, I love this film. I love this franchise. I, I, I am... I think something I was trying to get at earlier was I feel like there's a lot of genre fans out there kind of, you know, turning their nose up to uh, this Halloween reboot. And I find it kind of odd because while it does have issues, while I don't like Dr. Sartain, while I don't like that scene where they run Michael over and put the mask on him. And it's just like, while I don't like certain aspects of Halloween, very minor aspects at that you know, this ha- this is way better than it had any right to be. I mean, this is better than it had any right to be. And this is also, you know, this could have been a remake. They could have went and fucking, if you think about this, Blumhouse could have said, fuck it, let's go remake Halloween. And, th- and maybe that would have been good too. And we somewhat like Rob Zombie's remake. Yes. Um, They could have rebooted the whole thing, but they stayed true. They went and got Jamie Lee Curtis. They made her new characters, her family. They got Michael Wright big time. Big fucking time got him right. They the mask, the mask, especially the the camera work, the lighting, especially in some of the kills, the one shot camera movements of that you know where Michael arrives in Haddonfield for trick or treat. So good. Uh, um, you know, just that scene alone, that could have sustained a top ten, a top five, a top three for my list. Just that scene alone, where he kills someone with a hammer, and then proceeds to walk down the street with a knife um you know and how how good it is for a you know a trauma victim trying to get by in life uh but haunted by the past of michael myers and haunted by her friends being killed and you know i noticed something new in my rewatch last night i noticed how i think some of this comes from we know her story we were there with her during the babysitter murders we were there with her terror and so we see the whole film, the whole family's kind of like, oh, get over it, mom. Get over it, grandmother. Get over it, Lori. And we're kind of like, you know what? Fuck you, right? Like, we're kind of like, I feel like there's a disconnect there. But the thing we have to remember, and I noticed this, is those characters weren't there. They don't know shit. Right. They were born years after the fact. Oh, okay, your your friends were killed. Like, get over it. That was 20, 30 years ago. But like, we 40. know. 
40 that's sorry that's 40 but we know the trauma that was that occurred and so i feel like knowing that it helps like sort of that weird disconnect of her family saying kind of like fuck you Lori, get over it um but other than that you know of course michael kills mask um you know score i mean what do we even score can say the score you know the the best uh audio cue in the whole film is called uh the shape hunts allison and it's fucking like it's the best fucking thing I've heard all year. It it it's it's Halloween 2018. Um, I love it. While it does have sort of a lackluster ending, I feel like it's. I hate to use this phrase because it's gonna make it sound like it's not good. I think it's good. I think it's good enough. I think it's a good enough finale. You know what I didn't like, duh. Okay, are we talking spoilers? Yeah. Uh, whoa. I said yes. Uh, it's a good question. Okay, I I won't spoil exactly. But I feel like Michael's fate, like they should have known better. What do you mean? I feel like it's not wrapped up. I feel like it's ambiguous. How would you want? I, ah. I, I, I wanted How something would you more want... concrete with what happens to him. And that's a problem. Of like mine. he gets away or he doesn't? Right. Okay. Um, I mean, you, I mean, I guess that's concrete, but I also kind of feel like they left it up in the air. Would you agree or not? I, I'm not trying to reduce what you're saying, but I feel like you're saying that not having seen what they do next. Right. So like the ambiguous part of it is so they can make the next film. Like, right. That's the whole fucking point. And like, I feel like in horror, we love that. Like the boogeyman is gone and we don't know what happened until we do, you know? So right. I, I like, I, it's funny. I'm, it's weird that you bring that up. Cause I actually have no issue with that whatsoever. Like the fact that it's, it's not decided what happens. I love that. I'm like, fuck yeah. Uh, he's still out there. Or maybe he's not, we don't know kind of similar to the first film you know yes he walks away but we don't know what happens after that and then it's left for us to figure out is the boogeyman still out there right. um i love that but I, I understand your frustration with it but i like it um that i never had an issue with i just feel like the chasing around the house goes on too long way too long but um you still felt that way when you watched it last i night? did but i also kind of wonder if that's the better version of it because i guess when the test audiences saw it like they fight in the front yard, Lori and Michael, and people said it looked dumb because it's like a six foot eight guy fighting a older woman. That makes sense. Um, so what they did was moved it inside. Two older people. Right, exactly. So what they did was move it inside into the dark and the shadows, and I think that part works really well. That makes. I mean, that, that sort of makes sense compared to what you just described. Exactly. And I feel like when they do fight in the house, it does work. It doesn't look stupid, I don't think. Um, so anyways, Halloween, I like the new characters. I like Allison. I love, you know, her the humor, the humor. Yeah. It's like laugh out loud, funny in my opinion. Well, and I love the brutality, you know, they, they, the they're... bathroom scene. I, I, I remember thinking like, this is a little too much, a little too much. Yeah. Uh, it was he's just like banging that dude's head. Yeah. And he's just bleeding wall. all over the fucking yeah. place. Um, it's funny because I, I'll never forget. I'll make this my last thing. I'll never forget sitting in that theater for the first time. And these, these, you know, here we are following these podcasters and the first moment of brutality, we just see a worker at the gas station has his fucking jaw ripped open. It's so amazing how you just see Michael in the background during all that. Yes. You don't and, see those events unfold, but he's there. And when we see that, that he's dead with his jaw ripped open, it's like a brief shot. The whole audience gasps. And I love it because it's the film telling you, yeah, people are about to get fucked up. Like, like I know you guys have been watching Paranormal Activity and The Conjuring and Insidious and things like that, but like people are about to get fucked up 
Like, get ready. And the film does it. And it, and I just love it, man. I think it's fucking awesome. I love the score. I love the return. I love this sort of legacy sequel idea. You know, I'm a big Force Awakens fan. Mm-hmm. And this is for sure, you know, the Force Awakens of Halloween. Well, now um, you're going to love Leprechaun Returns then. Halloween is my favorite uh, horror film of all time, the original. And uh, have you? Are you going to eventually watch the OG and this one back to back? Yeah. So it's it's cool because um, now that I have the disc, I, I watched it last night with uh, my brother and his wife, and I said I can't wait for Halloween this year. Was that Ben's first time watching it? No, no, he went and saw it with me in the theater. Okay. Um, so I, I saw it like four times in the theater, but I, I'm pumped because of what you said, which is this Halloween I get to watch it back to back at home. Oh, just cool. pop them in during October and go to town. Um, I love watching the Halloween sequels and I love this goddamn movie. Um, it's shot so goddamn well. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. You know, I love fucking Halloween. Um, and it was never not going to be number one. Like it just right. wasn't. Um, and I feel like what I was getting at earlier, just to reiterate is I feel like we're a little spoiled, you know, like this isn't a perfect movie, but this could have been so much worse. Right. I mean, it could have been, dude, they made Halloween resurrection. They made Halloween five. Like those movies aren't good. Like, they're just not. I mean, we like them because they're sequels, but they're not good. This is a good fucking movie. Right. No, so there we go. I, I've already said this. I would have liked it if it was shittier. Yeah. No, for sure. And, I, I'm not, and I'm not responding to what you said. It's just like I feel like there's been this odd thing with, in the genre with this where it's like, oh, fuck the new Halloween. Like, what? Um, I agree with you that, like, again, this is my list. It, the only person that should matter is me for sure yes um but like i was getting like weirded out not seeing it on people's list yeah and i almost and the reason i wasn't saying anything you said you know you hadn't hit me up to record because you're getting over being sick um i wanted to wait to rewatch this to make sure it was going to be sure that high sure um didn't get to do that but i'm i'm confident at two and i should say you know have i guess technically it's my one because upgrades not horror sure uh, and I should say, you know, having just said that, people should like what they like. And they shouldn't just like Halloween because I say they like it. Absolutely like the films you like and do not let people tell you what to like. You know, I think that's super important. We're, you know, I feel like we do, we're like, you know what, I like this movie and fuck it. You, you know, you had The Predator on there, which, which mm-hmm. you know, I don't think is that good, but you do. Mm-hmm. So I love that. But the idea that Halloween, like, isn't good or fuck Halloween 2018, like, that's crazy to me. Right. Like, you don't even have to have it on your top 10, but you think it's, like, sucks? I mean, I'm not right. sure the film sucks. Um, you know, that's what I think is interesting. There, you don't have to like it as much as me is what I'm saying. There's this, like, grind band I follow on Instagram uh, called Axe Slasher. Okay. And uh, they're, like, super, like, horror heavy. And um, every Halloween, I followed them now for at least the last two years, uh, they post a calendar like at the start of like October of they have their movies planned out what they're going to watch yeah. and they do two movies uh, a night and uh, this year they did a bonus movie and the bonus movie was the new Halloween oh. and and what they do is they list like the year, the director, maybe the cinematographer, the actor and then that's it but then after they listed all that for the new Halloween then he put whoever runs their Instagram I hated it. And I was like, what? And again, if you don't like it, don't like it. That's fine. Right. But I'm shocked by that. Like, you don't like it at all? Like, right. I mean, yeah, it has. Do you not at least like the long tracking shot? Yeah. Or what about when Michael stomps the fucking cop or the, the, well, I stomp someone's head in. I shouldn't spoil the film, but right. you know, and it, and it, and it shows it and it's lit with that red light from the cop car. Like you don't like the film at all. Right. I, I don't know about that. So I've been sort of shocked by that, but it's all good. You know, again, I think it's super important to like what you like and don't let people tell you what to like. If you don't like Halloween, do not like Halloween. 
However, having said all that, my number one of 2018 is Halloween 2018 mm-hmm. by David Gordon Green and Eric. Uh, my number one was Lee Wanell's Upgrade. Yes, let's run through our list and then let's get out of here. Okay. You go first. Okay. My number 10 is The Ritual, which I really like. Number nine is Incident in a Ghostland, Pascal Laguiri. Uh, that's not how to say his name. Number eight, Strangers Pray at Night, Pool Scene. Number seven, The Clove Hitch Killer, Great Tension. Number six, Revenge. Speaks for itself. <laughs> Number five, Summer of 84. Number four, Overlord. Number three, Ari Aster's Hereditary. Number two, A Quiet Place. And number one, of course, Halloween 2018. Eric, your uh, list. Mine, uh, number 10 was The Ranger. Number nine, The First Purge. Number eight, Downrange. Seven, Revenge. Six, Terrifier. Five, Strangers Pray at Night. Four, Hereditary. Three, The Predator. Two, Halloween, one, Upgrade. All right. And with that, we'll see you next year. I think we, next year, uh, I think we've reached the end of this podcast. Um, Eric, let's do it right here on this uh, little recording here at the end. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting, I think it's over three hours. Jesus. Uh, Thanks for listening to our incoherent ramblings. But Eric, what do you think our next episode should be? I have a few ideas, but what are you thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> so I think you mentioned a franchise recently or a director maybe. Uh, I suggested Romero's yeah. Of the Dead films. That would be fun. Yeah. Tell us out there if you'd want to listen to us uh, rank the Of the Dead films. Correct. That would include Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead, right? So what? Yeah. So and Land of the Dead, of course. And the unobtainable Dawn of the Dead. Of course, right? So those three are obviously going to be pretty high. But we'll also include the other ones. It'd be sort of, you know, we we like to do this. Is Dawn not even available digitally? No, not at all, man. It sucks. It's so crazy. That whoever owns the rights to that is like a shithead. Didn't they recently screen it, though, at the Egyptian theater in 3D? In 3D, yeah. But that person, whoever owns it, is like waiting to like blow it out with like a 3D theatrical run. Oh, wow. Well, but it's too late, man. Like 3D is gone. Like just fucking put that goddamn movie out. But Second Sight, apparently, in the UK is going to release it this year. Oh. They posted a teaser of the so, cover art. So does that mean... Sorry, poster art. It'd be... Oh. What what region is UK? So Second... Well, it's Region B. But okay. Second Sight discs are usually region free. Oh. So like I have Second Sight's um, Fright Night disc, I think. And that's region free. I remember a time at Hastings seeing the... Divamax. Dawn of the Dead Blu-ray. It was the Divamax edition, right? On the like $10 shelf and thinking like, I don't need that. I have the DVD. Yeah. So, Oh, oh 10th grade Eric. Yes, 10th grade Eric. So mm-hmm. um, we don't know if we're going to do that. Tell us. Do you want to see or a... Or if you've got another idea. Of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. This is our like favorite. This is my favorite episode of the podcast that we do. Our top of the years. Would you agree? Uh, yes. I love these. Uh, we work way too hard too on them. stressful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but do, that's why I want something easy. Do you guys feel bad for us watching like, horror movies out there? Like, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe like just like the hatchets or something. The hatchets? <laughs> I don't know. It's It'd just, be easy. I rewatched them like last year. I don't know. Just. Okay. We'll think. Where can you find us, Eric? On the internet. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at... Ghoul Squad FM, and I'm not making this up. Can I plug myself? Sure. Uh, I I started a new Instagram. I saw it. 
How did you see it? It recommended it to me. Shut up. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I follow it. Oh, so I haven't posted anything it's just, yet. I go ahead. Yes. So because uh, I'm waiting till I get some cover art. I need a. I need a. I need a default pick. I'm certainly <laughs> no artist. No, you're not. Um, it's called uh, at the Corbucci Squad. I hate you. Uh, I'm not making this up. Uh, I'm going. To, it's going to be exactly like Ghoul Squad, where we post uh, the cover art of what of what we're watching. But uh, I'm just doing westerns and no podcast element. Well, until I find somebody who wants to do spaghetti western, you know, what? And, and who will produce the whole fucking thing for you. Exactly. I was just going to say, uh, Ghoul Squad is a pain in the ass enough, let alone a, <laughs> a fucking Western podcast. So, yes. uh, yeah, you can find us at, uh, Ghoul Squad FM. at Ghoul Squad FM. And you can also find me at the Corbucci Squad. Yes. And we'll try to link to it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Eric is a huge fan of Spaghetti Westerns. It right? is, well, Westerns, period, but Spaghetti Westerns, yes. Yes. Also, buy a Ghoul Squad shirt at uh, its fucking T Public. Yep. Uh, search Ghoul Squad or type in bit.ly slash GS. Did you know it was me? How yeah. did you know it was me? Because I had it said was it Cor- before. Yeah, you've said Corbucci Westerns or whatever. Corbucci Spaghetti Westerns. I fucking listen to you, Da. Tight. I listen to you, Da. Now, I mean, I haven't logged in there for, for you know. Here we are no at the end of the to. podcast. Go ahead. And I noticed something on our last episode. We did something very fun, and you you already created a song for it. We sang Have a Holly Jolly Christmas to end the podcast, or at least I did. Eric, let's sing for the end of this podcast. And what was that? What was that tune you were singing earlier? Demon Goat. Yeah. Uh, how did it go, though? It was, give me that demon goat, demon goat, demon goat. Give me that demon goat, demon goat, demon goat. Give me that demon goat. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of The Ghoul Squad. Bye. Oh, you can't stop! Oh, you can't stop! Oh, you can't stop!